Welcome to Running Out of Space, a podcast about collectors, their collections, and how they make room for it all in their lives. My name is Adam Grabarnik, and I've been a collector since I was a child. It began with stickers, which led to comics, which led to toys, sneakers, posters, pins, wine, and on and on and on. Taking a wide-angle view of my obsession for ownership, I've come to see how my collections have become intertwined with my personality and sense of identity. Speaking with other collectors on the internet and in real life, I've come to see that I'm not alone. The Running Out of Space podcast is a celebration of the spirit that unites all collectors. Because it doesn't matter if you collect paintings, watches, stamps, cars, guitars, or Barbie dolls, there is a common component within the collector themselves that transcends the object collected. Though the trophies may be different, the hunters are more similar than they know. Apple Pie, NASCAR, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Americana at its finest. The heroes in a half shell haven't aged since their debut in the 1980s, beguiling generations with cartoons, movies, video games, junk food, merch, and toys. But this entire multi-billion dollar empire started as a comic book, written and illustrated by two nerds. And today, two other nerds are going to sewer dive into TMNT in its purest form. My guest today is producer and director Jarrett DiPasquale, whose collection of original Mirage Studios Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic books was first started by his dad, but wound up an inheritance to cherish. To see selects of my guests' collections, follow the show's Instagram at Running Out of Space Podcast. Welcome to the show, Jarrett DePasquale. Do you have to make a distinction like between Turtles cartoon fans versus Turtle comic book fans? Uh, yeah, I think the Mirage fans are smaller. It's more specific. Yeah. Um, and then like we were talking about last night, a lot of the stuff that gets retroed or, or released now yeah. is riffing off the cartoon right. more than anything. Most people know the turtles from the images from the cartoon, which right. is all different bandanas and it's totally yeah. cartoonish looking. Also, the license is all over the place too. Yeah. So it helps if you're like, I could see being a turtle fan and spending so much fucking money yeah i think it's super super helpful if uh if you can narrow it down a little bit so if yeah. i'm only looking at mirage stuff yeah makes my life a lot easier you don't mess at all with playmate stuff uh no because even they have released what is supposed to be like comic versions yeah so like kevin eastman might do like a, a box art for it uh -huh. and then it's just you know all same unified green uh -huh. red bandana but the molds are the same molds as they would use for any of the cartoon molds. Uh -huh. So they're just kind of like repaints that I don't really mess with. Yeah, that's probably a good rule, like to stick yeah. with one versus the other, because it just seems like there's just a constant stream of turtle stuff always coming out. Like it was never like a dry period. Totally. Nothing of turtles to have. Like Playmates put out not that long ago a set that was four turtles, Splinter and Shredder. Yeah. And they were supposed to be mirage era colors yeah but it is the same shredder mold 
of the cartoon and they just did like the pink kind of like unitard instead do you mess with that i don't i don't at this point it's like it's only the neca mirage stuff Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i'm starting to dabble in like the dark horse miniatures Mm -hmm. if i can find them oh but wait a second but like the first weren't the first the, you're talking about the first uh, line of toys that came out. Those are, were Playmates, right? They are Playmates. But, but they weren't from the cartoon. They looked kind of like a hybrid, didn't they? Uh, but I think the cartoon launches because of the the toy series. I think The that, toys came out before the... Uh, the toys definitely came out before the yeah, cartoon. Yeah, but it was kind of like part and parcel. Because, yes. Because um, yes. it's... I have it here. It's Raphael 1, the uh-huh. micro series. Uh-huh. Um the second printing announces basically, hey, we have a toy line coming uh-huh. and there's a cartoon and it announces as if it's one piece, like He-Man or like all that shit is, uh-huh. that it's like the toy line and the cartoon are coming out yes. and the cartoon is to sell the toys. Yeah. 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 I remember it was like a short period of time. Um, So you don't, you don't, mind if you meet a Turtles fan, yeah. like, oh, I'm a big Turtles fan that don't read the comics. Do you yeah. care? Or like, uh, it's like an MCU fan that doesn't read the the Marvel comics, right? I mean, that always annoyed me. Uh, but because that you know, you have the friend then who starts to get into the movies, and they're like, "Oh, what happened to the comic? You can read the comic. Yeah, you don't have to ask me. Right. And I don't know what they're going to do with the movie, so <laughs> how, I don't know. It's not the same thing. Yeah. Uh, for the comic stuff now, because I'm so out in the open about like Mirage love, people yeah. hit me up and they're asking me about that. Mostly, what people think of is like the first thing is like they all wore the same banana so that's the first point that they know and then like oh it's like a bit more graphic and kind of sometimes it is not really um it's just it's different than the cartoon yes but i put a lot of like screenshots from the comics as i'm reading them out in the world and they look very different so i think that's sometimes what people hit me up in the back like oh that looks cool yeah yeah and also the um the hand-drawn feel like that indie feel of the comics sure so like punk rock in a way like you flip through it it feels like a zine or something you know yeah i think that's kind of like what i've been super into recently more than anything is the idea that a lot of very talented artists came through um there's kind of like that guest period where the first i want to say like 13 or some odd issues is uh eastman and laird together together yeah then as like Turtle Mania takes off, they kind of take a backseat and let a lot of their um, either Mirage staffers or like other artists come through and do their own spin on it. Mm-hmm. And there's not like a ton of editorial oversight. Mm-hmm. Um, there are like a lot of very cool things that come out of that section. Like it's not in continuity and no one really like takes the turtles to any sort of extreme mm-hmm. for the most part. I would say one or two does. Mm-hmm. But um, there's some very cool art and that going back to like the punk rock sensibility Mm -hmm. um there's some just wild art in in some of those books yeah it's it's such like a i was talking about this with another guest um it's such a american story like turtles is pure americana yeah when you think about it and like it's longevity really just uh is a testimonial to that notion um it's uh something that is wholly unique to american culture that right. is just spread around the world and it's just these two dudes making a comic book and weren't they just when when eastman and laird were doing it they didn't live in the same city right they didn't know but then um because peter laird just did like a longer interview where he kind of like went over all all this stuff again yeah. so it helped kind of remind me a lot um eastman had like moved in with peter laird and his wife uh-huh. for a while and they were just trading pages back and forth and Can they were imagine that yeah poor wife <laughs> 
<laughs> she probably loved it though yeah i mean i think everyone made out pretty well yeah. pretty soon after but uh can you imagine like just being a fly on the wall when they're doing like the turtles comic it has to be so stupid though too it's just like, just like two nitwits yeah <laughs> <laughs> i remember when turtles was uh in the comic shop I, yeah i didn't really i at first i was always like what teenage mutant ninja turtles this is yeah. the weirdest thing like why i'm so not interested in this yeah. this, this seems kind of um kooky yeah but I kept seeing it at the shop and every time I'd see it, the covers were kind of more and more alluring to me. Yeah. And then finally I gave it a shot. I think it was like Turtle Soup. Turtle Soup. Yeah. So there's two volumes of Turtle Soup. There's yeah. like a one-off. Yes. And then there's a four issue. I think it was supposed to go longer, but it ends up just being like a four issue miniseries of Turtle Soup where it's a, an anthology again. I had the one-off. Yeah. But I also had that you could see... Oh, the this, first colors. Yeah, yeah, this one. What is that? Because I found that at a like a random like um convenience store. Yeah, I was that was on the rack one day. Yeah, so I I pulled that. What what kind of release was that? Was it like a graphic early graphic novel? Yeah, so that is um I think that's like that got into bookstores and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's um color reprints of the first handful of issues. Yes. Um, I wish I still had it. Yeah, because that was like eighties. I bought that. They're around though. Yeah, they they're not too expensive. Yeah, I they're... know. But then, like, when I get that, then I gotta do something else. And then all there's... of a sudden, I'm a turtles guy. And... There's only four of them. Oh, okay, that makes it easier. And it's the first time the turtles are in, are in color. In that. In that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I should probably find it again. I, I think so. It's it's yeah. definitely one of the first few times, but it's certainly the first time that the the black and white book is is printed yeah. in color. You have a an amazing collection of floppies original yeah turtles comics yeah from the original run uh and they are passed down to you from your dad that's true okay so what's your earliest recollection of teenage mutant ninja turtles in comic form uh that's a good question um well just obviously based on when i was born and everything that's like turtle mania uh, yeah like right. turtles that you know your birthday party oh you it was like that deep? oh yeah, you had yeah, a yeah turtle party like right from the get-go yeah there i saw like a, a home video where you know leonardo shows up with balloon swords and stuff oh cool it's it's like deep deep deep, deep. how old were you uh probably five six wow seven yeah, yeah it's like right. yeah that's like one of those things that you know what i i failed to to realize like by then what year were you born i was born in 87 yep so that's like peak when was the comic when did the cartoon come out 91 92 uh or no earlier? it's been earlier yeah 90? i think 88 or uh, 89 yeah. yeah wow yeah it's so funny because you were born right into it so like right it. like turtles was like a thing immediately like you never like you grew up with turtles the same as like mickey mouse kind of right yeah i would guess just based on either home videos that i've seen or photos or yeah. stuff it, i think ninja turtles is the first like um ip yeah that i'm responding to yeah. as a child pretty good though yeah it's a good way to kick it off yeah. and then after that it would have been power rangers yes and that what, makes sense wasn't power rangers after the after cartoon? That, yeah so power rangers would have been like 94 95 yeah um so it went just seamlessly into yeah. more violent shit okay so tell me like what your dad was doing because sure. you, you have let, let's get let's kind of preface it you have yeah. a whole first run how many issues of the original mirage stuff do you have so the volume one is 62 issues it's it should be 62 issues of uh teenage mutant ninja turtles uh -huh. and then there are four micro series so every turtle got their own comic uh -huh. and then um 
So I have all of those. There's a lot of like one-off stuff that Mirage would do. But you have one through 62? One through 62. Uh-huh. And then a couple of like second or third printings of some of the books. Yeah. Uh, and then Mirage publishes volume two in color. That's 13 issues. Plus some like one-offs. There's like a Casey yeah. Jones two-issue thing. And What year were those coming out? Like the- those are like the, the mid-90s. Yeah. Turtle Mania had dropped off considerably. Right. The third movie had come out. Not done very well. Yeah. Um, it's before like the Fox show. I don't know if you. Which one was the Fox that. show? Fox show was the new mutation. They are again in like the rubber suits and they introduce like uh, a female turtle, Venus de Milo. But this was live action with suits? It was live action, yeah. It, really? It was not good. I missed that. Completely. I remember coming on at that point. It's very much similar to like the Power Rangers. I think there was even a Power Rangers crossover episode because sure. it would have been part of the same like Fox block. Yeah yeah after school yeah um i don't think it lasted more than a season if it even ran like a full season and then was there ever a time when turtles wasn't cool yeah i don't think i mean probably for someone my age at that point turtles weren't in anymore when do they come back well then there's a 2003 cartoon yes uh because it's on nickelodeon now yeah, so they sold it to, it got sold to Viacom, I want to say, in like 2000, early 2000s. Can you, like, isn't this just like an American success story? Eastman and Laird, like, in like, Squalor, they're making yeah. this random comic. Right. And it's like a global franchise. It's it's incredible. Well, what's kind of amazing about the whole thing uh, is Kevin Eastman gets, they both get burnt out because they're working more so on the licensing end. And right. it's just like day-to-day contracts and yeah. overseeing um the empire part of it yeah so they're not even really creatively working on the comic and then mirage basically basically stops publishing comics and they they give the rights of the turtles over to image that book gets canceled also because of low sales really and then peter laird takes it over with jim lawson who like draws probably the most amount of ninja turtles Uh like over his career uh does like a volume four but that volume four by the end of it i think they do like 35 issues or something Uh uh-huh by the end of it, um, it's kind of just direct to consumer through a website. Really? Print Run is like a thousand copies for uh, like some of the last issues. You, and have you been able to find have you been able to find those? So I'm not there yet. So yeah. I'm chipping I this is gonna be like a, a while because I'm yeah. chipping away now at the image run, uh-huh. which has been it there, it's out there. Yeah. Um the volume four of Turtles, which again is like 30, 35 issues. By the end, there'd be like year, year and a half gaps between issues because yeah. it was just kind of at random. Sure. And there's also a volume two of uh, Tales of the Ninja Turtles. So those would like fill in some like sub like sub stories uh-huh. or like side stuff and with other characters. Is that is that considered canon? It's all I mean, I don't know, because it gets sold to Viacom. Yeah. But Peter Laird has in his contract that he can still publish comics. Uh-huh. Uh, whenever he wants turtle comics turtle comics that's where we get last ronin from right uh no last ronin's through idw so it's still through viacom oh, right. and th- yeah. that concept is like an old like eastman and laird concept that they kind of just like yeah you know took off the shelf all right let's back it back up though. okay so like the early mirage stuff like, yeah so with was like with they just around the house yeah so um my gut tells me between just like turtle mania run wild in my house yeah um and probably like my dad being keyed into like the black and white boom yeah because you know turtles is, is big business i'm assuming he starts collecting uh at the time or was he just what's this off the rack it has to be after the fact because i don't think in 
84, like before Onborn, he's he's collecting comics. Because yes. I have no... There, he doesn't have any other comics besides Turtles. Oh. It's only Turtles. Oh. So it has to be after the fact. He wasn't into other comics at all? Not as far as I know. And certainly, I don't have any other his comics. Uh-huh. So, which makes me think that he was only... He wasn't into comic books. Yes. Doesn't, from what I know, doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would be into comic books. So speculating? Yeah, I think so. I think we're just thinking... Because at that point, the price for number one would have already risen quite a bit. Right. So I think he's just kind of not even getting it early, just like seeing like, oh, this could continue to do numbers. Right. But no different than fucking Beanie Babies or anything right. like that. I think it's just like, there's already a tie because I'm into it. Yeah. Now, uh, he's deceased, so rest in peace. Yeah. Was he an entrepreneur in other ways? Um, yeah, so he died when I was seven, so I don't know too much about him, yeah. but, um, yeah, by all accounts was like, um, yeah, an entrepreneur is a good way to put it. Would he get like stuff, like, was he like an early flipper sort of dude? Um, I don't, I, I don't know so much about that. Like I heard a story about him that he worked for kind of, it's like an insurance appraiser. Okay. So what he would do would they would, um, represent real estate mm-hmm. uh in other countries that might have like a high rate of like hurricanes mm-hmm. or tsunamis and stuff if something were to happen he would go down and assess the damage mm-hmm. to make as much you know get as much as possible out of the insurance and then his you know firm would take a cut yeah uh i do think that probably came with a little bit of bullshit in terms of like making look stuff look worse than it was sure uh to bump up the numbers sure uh so yeah i guess that's part of it yeah i don't know about flipping because like I said, the only stuff that I've seen is turtle stuff. Yeah, because you would think that around that time, it was the comic book speculator market was kind of taking off. Yeah. Around when he was starting to buy these comics in particular. Right. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. This is kind of like pre-image. Right. So I don't, and I don't think he would be like keyed into stuff like X-Men 1 or all, all that stuff. Right. Um, I think it's specifically probably just around Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Uh, I have like a Overstreet guide that you know he had that looks that, like thumb through, and there's like um like a Turtles Treasury book that uh-huh. has like a kind of like a checklist. Yeah. So I feel like that's what he was. What a bygone era! The Overstreet Price Guide yeah. and checklists, man, taking me back. And he he kept all the stuff bagged and boarded too, so he knew. Yeah. Well, so I have like cards and stuff from like St. Mark's Comics and stuff. Yeah. Uh, with checklists and like owners' names and stuff. Incredible. He would go to St. Mark's Comics. Yeah. Wow. Well, so he worked on Wall Street. So okay. he worked on a uh, St. John Street uh-huh. uh, place. Uh huh. Um. So I think, uh, he must have already been talking to shop owners and everything. So he must have been aware of way to um collect and and keep things uh, in in pristine condition. So peculiar that he like zeroed in on Ninja Turtles. It, a yeah. non-comic book guy zeroing in. I guess he sees the cartoon going off. Yeah. He sees children loving sure. the, the property. I mean, I had I had literally turtles every like I had turtles toys. I have a tr- turtles bootleg jacket. He, like it was Let's, turtles everything. Was it around like like was your boyhood room like turtles immediately like from as early as you can remember? It was uh, all yeah. turtles, all Ninja Turtles. Right. Yeah, um, turtle posters. Like it, it was turtles everything. Yeah, like the turtle troll dolls. Uh huh. I don't know how much of this stuff like hits for you because you would have been older for uh-huh. this, but it was like any fucking license of the turtles, like it was everything. Yeah, turtles, Universal Monsters, turtles, Ghostbusters, like it was everything. I vaguely remember that. I definitely had the first toys 
Um, I read a little bit of the uh, comics. Mm -hmm. I read that in particular, yeah. the one we just we just spoke about. Saw the movies, but beyond that, I yeah, I didn't really. I've always liked turtles because I've always liked comic books and I love the the story of it. But I've never, I would never say I'm a Ninja Turtles fan. Mm. Actually, until I've spoken with you about it. Yeah. You've kind of broken me off to um, a lot of great qualities about the comic books in particular. Yeah. I, I do notice that right now they're like just heavy into like um, the toys, rightfully so, because they're, sure. they're great characters and they look great. And like they're, it's just like, what a wonderful, uh, what, what wonderful icons they are. Yeah. You know, so I appreciate that. But I also feel like when you go down like collecting turtles, it becomes like a really, really, really deep totally. black hole. I mean, yeah, like I was saying, you have to pick and choose kind of like, yeah. I, I think, I don't, I'm sure there are people out there who just go all in on, yes. everything. I don't know where that would stop. Um, going back though, in terms of like a comic, having read a lot of it, there's only like a handful of like strong turtle comics. Yeah. I don't know if I would ever pick any specific turtle story as like a top. They're kind of clunky. Right? Yeah, I mean, none of there's great art. Of course. There's great art. There's very cool moments. Yeah. But I do think a lot of those moments hit if you're reading Turtles, right. too. Because right. then it's like a standout thing. Right. I think if you were to read it siloed, it'd just be like, oh, okay, I guess that's just what a Ninja Turtle yes. story is like. Yes. So um, it's because we have friends who are ask, like, asking, like, what are the good friends? Ninja Turtles? Yeah, I'm like, well, you kind of have to read the whole thing because <laughs> if I just tell you one thing, I probably just gave you the best Ninja Turtle story, right. and that's it. Right. Yeah. Uh, do you mess with the IDW stuff? I don't. Um, I've heard it's good. I've heard it's good too. Yeah. That to me feels like that's outside of the realm mm -hmm. at that point. I know Kevin Eastman is is somewhat involved there, but I I think I'm more interested in the kind of Mirage era stuff because it is like a small studio. Mm -hmm. It is just a couple guys kind of working on this one mm -hmm. book. Um, and it is, you know, like you're saying, it is an American dream story, including with like what the the dark side of that story looks like when it becomes so successful that it's like miserable for its creators to even work on. I can't imagine that ever being so, but I guess that happens. I've never made that much money to have anything right? like that happen. But uh, yeah, I guess it does. I mean, I have to imagine that when you're no longer creatively tied in to yeah. the piece that you're doing and it's really just legal and contracting and stuff like yeah. that you know there is a there's a difference between running a business and you know being creative why do you think it hit like it had to have been a real gamble from some tv exec some children's tv exec to see this comic book on the shelf this kind of um it, it, it's not crudely drawn but it's not like what was on the shelf at the time totally so like some TV exec sees it's like, we want to make this into a kid's cartoon. Right. It's it's so fascinating to me. It is funny to like look at the first couple issues yeah. and they, they read as, you know, at least the first one does is as a somewhat daredevil parody. Yeah. And, um, but all the elements are there for what like a successful kids for show sure. would be. For sure. You just have to sand all the edges down. Yes. That's um, a good way of putting it too. Yeah, totally. I mean... It, it's all there. The DNA is there. It's just so different. It does take, I think, 
a, a very clever mind to see something like that and yeah. realize like, here's where we can smooth it out and here's how we can sell it. Yeah. Um, because it it is different. It is different. Why like, do you think it endures? I think talking animals are is always hits. But like, there's something about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Is it the name? I think it's the name is so bonkers. Yeah. Uh, it's I don't. It's tough because the characters don't necessarily have like, in the comics at least, real standout personalities. Right. So um, I think a lot of the goodwill is not even from the comics. It's it's from the cartoons. Yeah. And it's because it's I think it's such a wacky concept. But in the same way that the Transformers keep going, like what is that? It's true. It's just it's a truck that's a robot. Right. It's true. It's so it's so stupid that I feel like. <laughs> how could it not endure it's got action yeah it's got anthropomorphic turtles yeah. it's got uh somewhat funny dialogue the cartoon i remember them being kind of cool I for like a so you know like yeah. like a kid good attitude i guess i guess it hits all those things that like little boys and little kids like i mean i know it's still you know they, they rebooted it not too long ago they just keep doing it they, over and over and there's and another again. movie coming out and yeah uh yeah, it's it's wild. It's wild to me. What 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 for you? Like, what is it? Um, a connection to your dad? Yeah, is that what Turtles is for you? Like, what's the, what what is it that like really um, uh, keeps you compelled to to the franchise? Yeah, I don't think I could unlink the two just yeah. because you know when he did pass away on, you know, he passed away early, and in my life, and this is like a very much enduring thing that feels like it was specifically for. My brother and I, my brother is not too interested in it. So it really just feels like a direct connection there that mm -hmm. I have something still tactile. Yeah. You know? And and then I could kind of like map where he was at because of all of the notes and stuff that he left. I was like, oh, okay, this is a, a, an issue he didn't get yet. And then mm -hmm. I can go and buy that issue and stuff. So that, that obviously means something to me. It's a way to yeah. just, even if it's, you know, something silly like the Ninja Turtles, it is like a a way to continue something on but that's the thing like it's not silly like this is still no, going i mean silly in the terms of like it, it is it's for the ninja turtle yes yes, yes. Yeah, right. but um i can see i think the blueprint of what he thought it was going to be especially in terms of just a dollar amount mm -hmm. um it just so happens that through whatever life that i've lived i'm very interested in drawing mm -hmm. and comic books mm -hmm. and now i just like actually respond to the material not even as something that maybe was more so like a value proposition i'm just like oh, i kind of just enjoy mm -hmm. reading it oh yeah so that's funny and different to me in terms of like that's probably not what he meant it to be right um but i respond to it now um almost close to the age where where he died he died he's 39 36 now um it's funny that it just kind of takes on a different thing it's sort of sweet in a way like you, yeah you hit it yourself he I don't even know if, like, he may have not. He might have just seen this as like a flippant thing. Like he was going to get rid of them, like in a few years. They none of them. It's it's like it's become something. It possibly become something more than he even intended. Absolutely. I yes. mean, none of these comics, having recently rebagged and bored all of them, were ever read. Wow. They were just slipped right in. Wow. They, there's like no cracks in any of them. Um, no, no one opened these books. Wow. Um, have you? Have you? You haven't at all. Still, right? No, I've read yeah. all. Yeah, I've read all. You read them. I fuck, I've definitely fucked up all the value on all these. Um, <laughs> but that's good though, because like whatever these are invaluable to you. Well, the one thing like, the, and I'm sure you know we'll get them. The one that I know that holds any value is the the number one, the first mm -hmm. um, printing, and I have two copies of that. 
Let's see it now. So uh, yeah, sure. I, I could put it up on the screen. So we, so we want to just hold it up or let me just look at it. Okay. First. Wow. So this is a graded first edition, first printing of first Turtles, printing, 1. Turtles 1. And I didn't know any better at one point. And I had Eastman and Laird sign the inside cover. Yeah. Um, I forgot if what it says on there. It might say in the grading if they wrote to Jared or anything. No, they didn't. So that's good. Because I think once you put the name in it, it it's such a bummer now. Well, it's such a bummer because now um, CGC won't recognize it unless they have witnessed the artist signing the work. I know. It's such a bummer. Yeah, the Signature Series thing came out after I, after I got the sign. I think that I got this signed in 2007, I want to say. I never noticed I never noticed the um, sword going through the logo of, of the... Of so the that is how you tell... Here, I can show you the other one. I that never is, noticed that. That is how you can tell what um, printing it is, actually. Really? Yeah. Right there. Look at that. So this is a third printing. The color is different, but also there's more blood on there the... There sure is. On the T. Yeah. There's more blood on the T in the in the later printings. I've this cover is so striking too, and lo and behold, it's become like I mean, it's yeah, the, wildly the, iconic. It's become like you know, dare I say it, like an action. You see Action Comics number one, right? You know, you see Amazing Fantasy fifteen, right? You see the first Ninja Turtles now. Like I feel like this has become like a major, like major, like um, like a, a touchstone for comics history. Totally, it's insane. These guys did this in 1984. So Love and Rockets were was going on. Yeah. And like these dudes just like, yeah, our comic is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It it, it just like when I saw it, I I was like, is that a joke? Well, you've seen it, like the sketches, like the early sketches of it. No. So um I, I can show it to this you this is after. Um what a sight to behold. They're, they're joke, like napkin sketches. Yeah. And then it's funny that it does become this this other thing. And it spawned a whole bunch of um copycats. Copycats. Yeah. I remember those, like the radioactive rodents and stuff like that. Yeah. So did this get you into comics? Did your dad's uh, TMNT collection get you into comic books or were they just something that were always around? Um, I would say probably it helped because I knew these were in the, like they were in our house yes. and he had art, he had been collecting them this way. Yeah. I never opened them, but I would have been, I wouldn't be able to read them, right. I think. Um, but I was aware of the covers. A lot of the covers mentally have like stayed with me for a very long time yeah um probably between this and then the x-men cartoon because i read a lot of x-men when i was a kid from the cartoon or just from the shop uh from the cartoon would have put um the comic into my into my head and then yeah. those would be available in a newsstand i didn't really start going to comic shops until i was in high school it's so funny because my experience is, oh, they're making a cartoon of this comic I'm into. Right. Where your experience is, it's oh, they make first. a comic book of this cartoon. Totally. That's really fascinating. But I was aware, even when I was reading the comic book, that it was two separate things. The cartoon versus what's yeah. printed. Yeah. Especially for X-Men because the team was different. Yeah. Um. So I, ha I understood that the series had been running longer. And very quickly when I got into comic books... I started picking up like Wizard magazine because right. I got very into the art. Yeah. Um. So then I was like trying to get as keyed into it as, yeah. as much as as possible. That was a good. That was a time where kind of art was taking precedent in right. terms of like the big books, like right? The superhero books. Yeah. I mean, it really wasn't until I, I I have had stages where I've given up completely on comic books, sure. and I think the the big one for me was, and I just think this is getting older too. It's like when the art no longer meant anything to me and i was right. like oh i'm actually responding to whoever the writer is yes. on this so um 
That's a wonderful turn when you come totally. to that with comics. Right. Because, you know, you give up on something. Like, Why am I reading this anymore? Right. And then, oh, it's because actually, like, he's writing it. Yeah. Yeah. It has nothing to do with these characters, really. Yes. Yeah. That's the beauty of it as you as you stick, the longer that you stick with comics, how things can transform. Because oftentimes people get into them when they're kids. Right. And, you know, the doorway in is the artwork. Like, oh, wow, this totally. is great. And then if you stick with it, eventually you'll get kind of You're... tired of or exhausted of how how much detail can go into something and totally. then you start looking for something more. And gratefully about the medium uh, is that you have terrific writers. Right, it. totally. It's very rare now, unless like, you know, you or our friends are like really putting a book on in yeah. terms of like, you have to check this out. And that is coming really from the writer who's on it right. that I will read like a superhero book. Right. Because I wouldn't even think to check in with wolverine or anything right like exactly that. i don't exactly <laughs> and that's where like the waves come in like yeah. you, know, you jump on a book for a while and then you jump off and then you come back to it yeah but to come into it from the cartoons were you underwhelmed when we, we first cracked open turtles comics well so we also got the archie comics too uh-huh so the archie comics i definitely did read yeah. because i'd also see the same characters there's no really overlapping characters in terms of like the supporting cast for the Mirage stories. Elaborate on what you just said. Um, all the cart, all the like other supporting Ninja Turtle characters, uh -huh. for the most part, that even you'd be aware of, uh -huh. are cart are comes from the cartoon. Bebop, Rocksteady. Uh huh. Um, is Casey Jones from Casey the comic? Jones comes from the comic. Okay, but um, even Casey Jones is not really in the cartoon that much. No, he's not. And not. Certainly not in the way that he is um, written in the Mirage comic. How is he written in that? So in the... Is Travis Bickle? Like, is that what his thing is? <laughs> um, in the first few issues, he's kind of like a knucklehead. Uh -huh. um, it's not too different from like how he's shown in the first movie. Um, so Elias Coteus nailed it? Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. He looks like him too. Yeah. Uh, he has a knucklehead in the movie. Yeah, he's a yeah, knucklehead. Kind of like um, but he, it's just kind of like, he has like a goofy catchphrase and uh -huh. he does like a, like a, there's one issue where he like goes undercover or something, but he's just like kind of talking to himself. Yeah. Near the end of volume one and into volume two, they look to kind of um, grow up the turtles a little bit in the cast. And Casey's shown having like a bit of a drinking problem. Oh. And he, um, he kills a kid while like doing an act of, of vigilanteism. He he kills somebody, like knocks them out with his uh like golf club or whatever, and uh like puts away the mask and doesn't wear the mask for uh, a while because he's kind of a uh, very remorseful. Goes out on the road, leaves the turtles, um, meets up with uh, another woman, like has a child. Uh -huh. Um, there's crazy stuff that like the that woman dies and he comes back with the child and they kind of like grow up some of these characters a little bit. Oh, so he has a full arc, kind of. It's hard to say a full arc because there is a huge gap in the middle of the Turtles uh -huh. where Eastman and Laird are not writing it. Uh -huh. And it's kind of like anything goes. When they come back to the book to kind of wrap the whole thing up, um, they do look to mature everything a little bit. Uh -huh. It's an interesting move because it's not... It's, it's a good story. It's a little unwarranted because it's not like it's coming from a book that in my mind, was in any way planning on creating an arc for any of these characters. Yeah. Um, and like, slow down the gravitas, guys. Like, we just want turtles and we want, like, yeah. we some, want the formula. Some of the later stuff, like in the mid-90s, is very somber. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting to read. Uh -huh. But it's, it's disconnected from the book that it yeah. originates from. I mean, so you, these guys, they did the turtles. 
fantastic yeah. oh you got this dude splinter that's a rat that's that's your sensei yeah unreal yeah. oh and they're fighting this uh, this shogun type yeah. of samurai yeah. guy shredder oh my god and it's a book clan oh my god who's but technically that, only in one issue the sh- that the shredder the actual shredder that is it's only what issue one or two right so issue one they kill the shredder right uh he comes back later um and kind of like tears down april's shop that they live in yes they they move uh, to massachusetts they come back to the city and they fight shredder but shredder is like a um it's like part worm creature like a Uh clone worm thing Uh Uh uh-huh and uh were they reading dune at the time you think yeah the, the worm stuff is always cracks me up um but the shredder as we know that character uh-huh. really only comes up in, in one issue okay baxter stockman also really a one issue character i noticed that. i was surprised to see him because i did i i've started reading the comics right um off of your suggestion yeah and i noticed that baxter baxter stockman was like right there immediately yeah. not in the fly form don't no. ruin it for me but he yeah. does he does make appearance very early he does he shows up in the second volume also but um not not in like the same character that is in like other media so okay, but what I was gonna say is okay, you have all these characters. Then they say, Oh, there's this guy, Casey Jones, who wears a hockey mask and he's a trash yeah. can vigilante and he kicks butt with golf clubs and yeah. garbage. That's incredible. These guys, incredible. yeah. The the imagery and the iconography that these guys created and manifested is just mind-boggling. Yeah, that's what I was even saying before. Like all the DNA is is there. Yeah. Um Casey Jones is such a iconic look yes. from the jump yes. um and they don't really mess with that i mean nothing has really changed in the way that i mean you know certain characters kind of just stay the way they they are but it's kind of wild that like the dna is, is there from the very yeah. beginning so is krang in the krang, not as a character comics? there's the ultron which are a group of uh-huh. like alien brains that control like android bodies uh-huh. um there's not a character called krang I don't think any of them have names. I so, might be wrong about them. one of them might be called Krang, but I'm I don't think so. Has there ever been an interview from the TV exec that greenlit the first cartoon? I would love to hear like the development meetings that they were that they had where they're trying to figure out and break this story. Netflix has that show, um, The Toys That Made Us. Did they have a turtles? There's one? the turtles one. Oh, cool. They specifically I remember talk about like losing the tail, because like the tail looks like a, a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but a deep dive into that would be really cool. Yeah. They've got to do that someday. Yeah. Well, there's there's that one, and there is a, um, I think it's called Turtle Power. There's a documentary. I haven't seen uh-huh. it yet. Okay. Um, but I think it's about, like, yeah, just the whole thing blowing up. Right. Man, looking at this this uh, this graded one is just... Comic size either. And it was $1.50 when it came out. That's great. Yeah. And these guys just, like, publish it. They just sent it to the printer and then just shipped them out, right? Yeah, in that interview I just heard with Peter Laird, he was talking about like they found a publisher to do it and they didn't even recognize at first that um, it wasn't comic size until they started going to conventions and people were like, these don't fit in bags and boards. Oh, that's right. I didn't even take that in consideration. And isn't, is this, this is uh, the last Ronin the same size, same format as as uh, the this Mirage? No, they're, they're comic size. No, but they didn't fit in the regular bag and board. Really? Yeah, I didn't pick it up individually. Yeah. I, the, oh, maybe it is. Yeah, that's kind of cool. So wait, so you were saying you collected Power Rangers? Uh, uh yeah. So what did I go through? Um, Power Rangers would be a big one. Wrestling is a big one. Uh-huh. Wrestling's another one that kind of endures to this day. Yes, it does. The Royal Rumbles tonight. What? What? This recording. Oh, really? <laughs> we got to wrap this up. Yeah. So wait a second, though. 
Were you collecting wrestling figures too? Yeah. So what era of wrestling figures are we talking so about? So that's like the Jack's bone crunching action. Uh-huh. So it's after the Hasbro stuff. Yes. Um, I've become well-versed in WWF figures just from guests. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. All the bone crunching action stuff. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, I talked to Kevin about. Yeah. Um, Shout out. Yeah. The Some of the face sculpts are horrendous. In the Jack stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, don't even recognize who some of them are. Are collectors into the Jacks WWF I think stuff? Some people are. What I actually found out recently, and I had been talking to Kevin about too, is that yeah. they kept putting those out way after I had stopped collecting them, but also after they had changed kind of what the um the scale was. Mm-hmm. But they were just reusing like either new heads and putting them on old bodies and mm-hmm. still releasing them as like bone crunching action yeah. figures. Into like 2002, 2003, like I learned there was a Brock Lesnar bone crunching action. And for me, like Brock Lesnar came when I kind of stopped watching wrestling yeah. a little bit. Uh-huh. And I was sure they didn't even put those figures out anymore, but like they still had so many of these all old molds and they were just throwing the new heads on the old right. mold. Kind of like that. bone crunching action. Like they have a speaker in their back and it, like, no, you hear it. The, I have one. Uh, the Cactus Jack is like the only one I have here. Uh-huh. Um, they had spring arm or something they, no there was no action feature or anything they were just kind of like the rubbery arm supposedly what the bone crunching action was is that you could like crunch like the joint oh you could feel it in the bones you couldn't, oh yeah. yeah that's kind of cool like a tactile feel. yeah a little morbid man I, I i cannot stress enough like how like heavy this feels just holding it like the the weight of like right. its significance in culture like it's this is such. This is crazy. That you're I've wanted this. to display it, but the size is so funky. I, I don't know really where to put it. Do you think that your collecting bug started because of your dad? Because he had these tur- these turtles in yeah, the house? Yeah, that that makes sense to me. Realizing early on already, like there was a collection in the house. What it meant, like you know, don't destroy these. These are in, like these are supposed to be kept in like a, a nice condition and stuff. Mm-hmm. I would bring them in sometimes for like show and tell and stuff. School. But like yeah, kept them in the back, like very safely. Put them in my backpack, like yeah. new, like. You'll fuck around with these. Were your friends into it, or were they like, "What's going on?" I don't know. I don't think so. I don't. I. It, I don't think I've spoke to anybody about Ninja Turtles out until I was like way into my thirties. Yeah. In all honesty, right. it was just because I didn't think anyone else cared. Did you figure it was like a guilty pleasure, or I, a way to connect with your dad? I, yeah, I think it, for me it was so personal. Yeah. That I I wouldn't even think to talk about turtles with anything. Yeah. A because I'm like no one's no one my age is is even interested in this anymore. Right. Uh, and it really wasn't until like you know people started losing their mind I think and getting into their weird yes. house during the pandemic then I'm like I, I'm a, I don't give a shit I love the turtles like, yeah I guess I could talk to people about it. Is it pure pandemic or was it was TMNT um, fandom bubbling? pre-pandemic it was always in the back of my mind right but um i don't think i even thought to express my interest about it to anybody right right because the i I feel like the playmates the original playmates run has always kind of been it's always gone for a nice chunk of change on ebay totally but like what i'm saying is like who do you even talk to about that right Right. like unless you know someone else is collecting turtles right and you know like we've been saying turtles is such a it's a specific time period yes um I wouldn't even think to bring it up. And again, there's not like there's a ton of notable Turtles comic stories that are even like worth talking about at length. You're talking about like story arcs. Right. Yes. Right. 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 You know, I mean, if you want to talk comics, okay, we, there's plenty of comics we could talk about, but 
it's got to be very very specific you want to talk about turtles it's very true like um yeah people just like the characters yeah that's very unique it's almost like he-man yeah and the characters sorry the characters are also like um combinations of the characters in different mediums Mm -hmm. you know if someone's responding like i guess Raphael's the most popular turtle it is Raphael from the movie and from the cartoon that they're they're kind of have projected in their head as this one character why is Raphael the most popular because he's the wolverine of the the book has that always the case is it in every iteration like not i don't know if you pay attention still to like i do i'm like cartoons and stuff i check them out is Raphael like still the cool one I think Raphael is like consistently the loner. Um, Even in, I would say like in the first issue, none of the turtles have like defining personality traits. But um, at one point during the issue, uh, Splinter wants to send a message to Shredder. And the one turtle he sends out to do that is Raphael. So Raphael is the only one that's given a specific spotlight. Mm -hmm. Um, That kind of is from the get-go mm-hmm. and then i think pretty early on probably by the next issue he's like the one with the attitude yeah and it's harder to define donatello and michelangelo until like a little bit later who do you like the most i was always a donatello fan i like donatello why because of the staff or because he's smart i thought uh both uh yeah. also i think a staff is a very easy weapon to replicate mm-hmm. as a kid mm-hmm. you get like a long paper towel roll mm-hmm. Now I'm Donatello. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So I've always had an affinity for Donatello. Do you know who who your dad liked the most? That I don't know. I don't even know. If he, probably hard. I don't even know if he knew. He wasn't even reading him, it sounds <laughs> yeah. like, right? Yeah. So he was like purely speculating. But man, what a gem to find, right? Yeah. He hit the jackpot here. Yeah, it's a good call. Smart guy. Right? Yeah. Okay, so in this binder, let's go. Let's yeah, look you this binder. Because okay. you have a binder full of the original Mirage run, right? So I have... For you, if you want to go through them, six binders. I Let's just see the heavy guns, and then I can take some pictures of some of the uh, totally. cooler covers for the Instagram. Is totally. that cool? Okay. Yeah, and I kind of put post-it notes here. Okay, yeah. But um, if you want, I don't know how to display this to do it here, but I can just open it. No, let's look through them. And, and I can also uh, take pictures and put them on my Instagram, too, or if it's feasible, first, first. put it into the screen. or Let's just look at them and see what happens, though. Sounds good. Yeah, and if you want to pull any of them out, they're all good. Do you think it's a good idea to keep them in this binder like this, though? Well... I don't know. What, why Why not? Because this, I mean, okay, so you have the second printing. Is this the second this printing the of everyone? Printing. Okay, is this tag on the book itself? No, it's on okay. the back. So isn't this kind of bent a little bit now? But it's all go. It's once you take the book out, though, the board it's is fine. still there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. The book, it, it's moved. It's like that because it's um just the way the three ring mm-hmm. is going. But I, I, none of the books, I've taken them all out. They're all kind of consistent. So the two that I don't have on me right now are turtles number two mm-hmm. and the Raphael issue okay because they're with cdc i'm getting them you're getting like, the grade right graded, now? yeah that's great how long is it when did you send them in so i sent them i went to new york comic-con in october uh-huh. they're not considered comics under the way cdc like labels things they're uh-huh. magazines yeah. because of the size right magazines have a longer lead time mm-hmm. in terms of grading mm-hmm. it's almost a year yeah so I'm not going to see him, I think, until July. Yeah. 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 That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Yeah. So that's a long one. Well, good luck on those. I can't wait to see what what comes back. Yeah. So uh, Turtles 2 is the first appearance of Baxter Stockman, mm-hmm. of April, mm-hmm. and the Mausers. Uh-huh. And Raphael is the first appearance of Casey Jones. That, wait, which one's the Raphael? What, what number is that? 
It's just Raphael. It's called Raphael. Yeah, so there was like a micro series that ran kind of hand in hand with the first run uh-huh. early on. I think starting from issue three or four, I think Raphael's the first one. And is that what, 85, 86? I think it's 85, 84, wow. 85. Yeah. yeah. Um, the cover, you know, you would know the cover right away. It's Raphael's on one side of a wall. It's red yes. also. And yes. Casey Jones is on the other Iconic. side. Yeah. Iconic. So, wow. So you're going to have that graded. That's going to be nice. The number two issue is also crazy. Like, I'm excited to have all three with the number yeah, one because yeah. it's the, um, it's the Mauser. It's uh-huh. like a giant um, kind of headshot of the Mauser. Oh, I've, I've seen that before. Blue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Looking at, the, again, I can't stress enough how much of like, a, these look like zines. Yeah. These look like they could be like on a punk rock. So bill. this one is notable because um, it gets in like, I think the second printing, mm-hmm. it gets recolored and it's the box art for the uh, Nintendo game. This issue number four. Yeah. So this this image here gets mm-hmm. recolored, uh, like full color. And that, that's the cover for like the first Nintendo game. Do you have that issue? I don't have the second printing. I want to start collecting some of the second and third printings for some of this stuff. Aren't some of those more of, not that we're not talking monetary value, but I'm just because we're in yeah. this in this conversation now. Have you noticed that some of these third, second and third printings are actually worth more than the original run? Um, They don't go for that because there was a higher print run. So like right. number one, the first printing number one is like, it's a little over 3,000. Uh-huh. Um, the second printing either the second printing or issue number two went up to like 15,000. Right. So right away, um, it jacked up. So by the time they were doing these second and third printings for a lot of these like, you know, still early issues, I think the print run was much higher. Yeah. Right. They're much easier to find. Wow. Okay. So we got number four and this is like classic turtles. Yeah. So this is the turtles when they are facing the Ultrons. So Uh like the Krang brains. Mm -hmm. And like, it looks, it's so funny how quickly kids in the back of the class were drawing these faces with these types of grin, uh, grit, yeah. gritting of the teeth. Is issue four the first time they started publishing the covers with more than one color? Yeah. Well, they're always, it's always like a one color. Right. So it's blue and then it's green and then this would be the first the time. first full, full color. color. Yeah. That's number five. But technically the, the Nintendo, the issue number four with the Nintendo cover is technically the first? Um, yeah, but that would have come after that because it's a second printing uh-huh, of this one. Uh-huh. So I wonder, I don't know for sure if this is the first time then the turtles show up in color on the comic. It might be. Mm-hmm. But the inside's still black and white, right? Yeah. It remains a black and white comic. Even the, the new stuff, right? The Mirage, when they when they released, haven't, did Mirage release new stuff? Yeah, when they did the volume four uh-huh. and the image volume three, those are both in black and white. Volume two is in color, but, but all these are in black and white. And Last Ronin, is that in color? I that's forget. Color. Yeah. yeah. Is that like the first Eastman Laird Turtles uh, story that's in color? No, because um, they would do backups sometimes for like other stories uh-huh. and stuff. Cool. There's also backups in, I forgot which issue it is. Um, uh, Richard Corbin does a like insert two cool. page, three page thing. That's in color in the black and white comic. And and this one is is this the they what they try to do it in comic book size for number five and they were like nah we're not gonna do this anymore no they're all the rest of them are all comic books oh they are yeah oh it's oh. only those first few issues wow. and like Raphael wow I did not know that I thought they were all kind of that oversized format no 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 then they're all in um regular size yeah this is around the time I remember seeing it on the the rack yeah and this is around the time when they started publishing. The covers in color is when I started to really take notice. Yeah. 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so uh, Dave Sim does uh, service mm -hmm. in this one. And is this a different artist? Because you can kind of tell they look different. Or did Well, they... you can tell who... Did Sim draw this? No, so this is... I mean, they did kind of like 50-50 in terms of like who was drawing and who was inking. Uh -huh. You can tell sometimes... Like, that's a Peter Laird yes. turtle. Yes. That's a Kevin Eastman turtle. Which one do you prefer? Um, That's a good question. Uh, I weirdly have an affinity for Peter Laird's mm -hmm. turtles. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to say they're off model because they are they are the model. <laughs> but um, with the beak specifically, uh -huh. it's like a little different. It's a little bit more turtle yes. shaped. Yes, yes that I really like. I also think it's like um, Kevin Eastman's faces get a little abstract in terms of like uh, the layout of, of kind of the dome to, I've never seen anyone talk about this, but it's always something that like really registers to me. It's a weird drawing, right? Cause sometimes it's like the, the bandanas are, are drawn as if they are part of the face uh -huh. and it's not necessarily right. like- um, Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I totally see that. So yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> it's the difference of like it looking like it's an article of clothing yes. that is on a face <laughs> versus something that's like a bit more not simplified, but um it's abstract in a sense. Yeah. Like if you saw that, I don't know if you'd know that's a turtle. No, I would that's not an alien. Know. Yes, that's an alien. You know, this is also an alien, but like there's a turtle quality because of the way the, the beak comes out. Like you said. Yeah. So that I kind of like. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so this is number nine. Wait, did we jump from six to nine, or did we cover that? There's eight. Okay. Okay. So yeah. we're we're on track. Yes. Wow. So this is um Michael Dooney is like a staff guy at Mirage. He does this one. So he's this is the first issue that they're not doing the art on. Gorgeous. What is this, airbrushed? Or it looks like it's yeah. Airbrushed? There, there's like there's a good amount of airbrush on a lot of these covers. That specifically is yeah. all airbrushed. And these guys literally, I mean, by now they have they must have an office, right? Yeah. Right. By issue nine. Right. When did the comic, what, what issue was the comic at when the cartoon came out? Um, I'd have to check when the cartoon came out. I want to say it's 88. Mm -hmm. So we'll see it here. This is still 86. Unbelievable. Um, this is an issue where the shredder comes back. Issue 10. Is yeah. It, so what's, so, but issue one is considered the first true appearance of shredder? Yeah. Right. And so issue one is the appearance of shredder. All the main character, well, all the main turtles and Splinter, right? And Splinter and the Foot Clan and the Foot. Okay. Yeah, cool. This is great. This is a great cover. Issue number ten. It looks almost like um, the guy who, who did 11, Concrete. Yeah. This is the guy who did Concrete. Who's the artist for, for Concrete? It almost looks like that. Mm. I like this version of Turtle. These blockier turtles. Yeah, for sure. I like these the stockier, blockier ones that and they're it's kind of you could they're not round anymore. You can right. see like kind of like the angles that are coming into play. I like that version. I forget. I forget. Like it almost, it, they they went from being circular to like almost like boxes. So, well, that's Kevin Eastman for sure. Cause yeah. this is kind of how, how Kevin Eastman starts to redesign them a little I like this version. You can also tell, so later on, Jim Lawson becomes like the go-to turtle artist mm -hmm. and he has different inkers. So it's very interesting to, sometimes to see like Kevin Eastman ink him yes. versus like Eric Talbot or other inkers that do it. Yeah. Because that's kind of like, it will change the turtle shape yes. a little bit. I, I mean, Wow. I mean, to be a fly on the wall when like Eastman and Laird are just like spitballing this thing, it probably, like you said, is just like knucklehead stuff, but like flash forward, what, 30 years later, almost yeah. 40 years later, it's like an empire. Totally. It is so magnificent. And like, 
I kind of wonder, like, sometimes I'm like, do, do, like, do, do, does, like, the average civilian, like, realize, like, how important Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, it is such an important franchise. It's such a piece of American history. It's, it's a, an American dream story, like you said. I mean, it is, like, such a amazing tale of, like, just, like, ingenuity, creativity, and also just, like, harebrained idea like yeah. boneheaded idea i mean that that is what i love about it yes that's such a dumb stoner idea it's a dumb stoner idea but it's like lightning in a bottle like yeah. man like it's also like a testimony to like creativity for totally sure, you know so we could just scan through is these. this so is this the second printing no i don't there's a couple issues that there's just two of i don't know is this the original what? april o'neill who is this that's april she has kind of like a jerry curl yeah they change a april comes I think she shows up, if I remember correctly, she shows up and she announces that she has a hair change. Like, oh, cute. In the book, and then she starts looking like that. <laughs> was it is was the design based on somebody that one of the guys were dating? I think it must, it must be some sort of like 80s modeling thing yeah. that they're looking at. Because like she's kind of like in the, the sporty jacket. The, with like, like the, the baggy sporty jacket yes. and the huge scarf. <laughs> and the, the hair, fingers. yeah. I think it, they're just must be basing on what they're seeing. So this is issue 11. Yeah. This is not the second printing. You just have a double. Yeah, just double. There's a couple doubles in here. I distinctively remember this issue on the stand. The this, dude with the gun and Donatello in the background. Yeah, this is a fun issue. I, I think it's this issue, yeah, it's this issue that's only Peter Laird. Uh -huh. And it's about a couple of like big game hunters that kind of happen upon the turtles while they're hiding out. Mm -hmm. And the turtles like take them down one by one. Uh, and one guy ends up like, I think he like puts on like a suicide vest and like blows himself up or something. Like just hardcore bootleg comics, right? Yeah. Indie comics, I should say. Yeah. There's a great spread. Um, maybe if you want, I could send you what it looks like if you want yeah. to put it up. Of Splinter taking on a guy here. That's like a two-page spread. Uh -huh. And it's like a beautiful Splinter um, illustration. I want to see that for yeah. sure. Yeah, some of these, like, flipping through. Yeah, this is Eastman, right? This is Michael Dooney. Oh, okay. So Michael Dooney becomes, like, a staff guy who um, is a kind of the third member of the creative team from the get-go. This is fantastic. I've never seen this cover. It's almost like an outlaw comics. Like the the line drawing is is very like reminiscent of like those types of like uh homemade kind of indie comics that were a little bit on the more um yeah, I know ruthless kind of side, like heavy crime. Well, yeah. So, um very Ke violent, ultra violent stuff. Kevin Eastman was like very into heavy metal and then become uh buys heavy metal um kind of off the success of That's purpose. right. I knew that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, a lot of this stuff definitely reads as his interests also. But that's cool, right? It's great. Yeah. I mean, the cool thing about I think when you get into like mirage stuff specifically around i mean around both of them because um peter laird starts a whole kind of like fund uh the xeric fund for for young cartoonists cool or aspiring cartoonists uh -huh. and um kevin eastman starts tundra as a publishing company i've and, heard of tundra yeah that's and, his company yeah oh cool uh dumps a ton of money into it over like three years or something mm -hmm. um but you know puts out uh rick beach comics puts out some of the first madman comics like all right madman cool. comics so um they do a lot of cool stuff with the the money they made yeah that's specifically tailored to their interests that are like very out and about in the turtle comics which is fun i know you have um issue one signed but have you ever been to a convention where they're there yeah and what's that like uh i think i went to probably one of the last conventions i think that peter laird went to uh-huh kind of a bummer for me about conventions that like 
I only feel like I recently learned or like I kind of knew it already, but like it dawned on me was that like some of this is so much about bringing up the price of the book for resale that it's hard sometimes I think to go in as like a genuine fan of the work and strike up any sort of conversation, relationship, right. sure. whatever. Because I think as soon as you ask somebody for a signature on something, the assumption is you're going to flip that. So sad. And that's that's so indicative of, of the culture as it is now. Because prior to that, like right. the whole idea was like, oh my God, I have like an autographed copy of this book. Right. Now it's a whole different thing. Yes, absolutely. I have a Turtle book that I was very psyched to have one of the creators sign. Mm -hmm. uh, and like, was psyched to talk to him about it yeah uh and he didn't even like look me in the face as we were like because it was, it was, all, it was all transactional yeah right and it's a bummer you know i'm psyched to meet an artist and talk to an artist right. about their work and their medium and it's just like but i think once you're paying for a signature that's that's it that's cool i get that mm -hmm. but um it becomes like a soulless experience and then it's just like oh, okay i guess even going back to what i was saying earlier I guess this interest is my own and my own alone yes. in private because I don't even, like, who am I going to share it with? You know Do you get I mean? the notion that um, comic book artists and writers almost, like, resent the the act of, like, autographing their work because they because the, the attitude now is, like, you know, people are going to get it slab, or especially, like, the CGC drawings, like, it immediately goes in a slab and then all of a sudden right. it's, like, an asset for somebody. You think they kind of they have resent resentment towards that? I just think that you can have so many ins in terms of like why you're responding to the material. Yeah. And probably, unfortunately, the one that's the top of mind is not you're enjoying creativity on display. Right. Or the artistic value of something. Right. It's either the monetary, you yeah. know, uh hope, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to comic books. Or you know, I mean, I feel like all fandom has like a dark side, but especially like comic comic fandom. Yeah. Where people get so fucking crazy about how their characters are being treated mm -hmm. and stuff. So it's like it becomes like a character first or IP first thing as opposed to creative expression. Yeah. So that probably is like third or fourth on the rung down mm -hmm. the ladder. So unfortunately, I think like that's just not what they think the conversation is going to be geared right. towards. Right. So I mean, that's a bummer. And I think it probably does put a barrier to entry for either fans who are appreciating the material uh -huh. on its own to then connect with the creators in any artistic yeah, of way. Of course. Because that's, I mean, the pretense is that's kind of what it was intended for to connect with the fans, right. the people who were reading your books. Right. Now people are seeing them as investments. And I guess that's been a, a long time coming, but I feel like this CGC boom has really kind of. Um, suck the life out of that process totally. i mean yeah at that point it's all like you, you can't open a you can't open that comic no. book like so you can't appreciate it on any right. um okay i see the reason for that and i get that you know but that's a bummer too because then it is a it's an art form mm -hmm. and you've now put it in a piece of plastic you're medically sealed yeah and yeah. you're just like well i i don't care about it as an art form i care about about it as a something that can make me money one day an, an, an asset something an asset, that i right. have yes but you'd think it would be different if you pull up to the convention and you're trying to get number 13 of the original mirage run signed i mean but i wonder why, why at that point why even do it though is the thing too yeah it's true so i don't know 
I think I'm weird now about just getting things signed. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I've heard, I I think I said this in the chat too, that uh, Rob Liefeld doesn't sign New Mutants 98 anymore. Oh, really? Or he charges like an extra $100 if you want that book signed. I mean, that I mean that makes sense though to me too. Think of how many of how many issues he's signed, how many copies sure. of that issue he signed. Think and then that. imagine how much money I mean has been made off of that. It can be made off of it. Yes. So I mean, it makes sense to me from the business side why he decide like yeah I should see part of that action. And the temp the temperature of the of the of the the um of the culture is also like he probably saw people totally. these books immediately. He totally. probably saw like. The attitude of the people who were coming and getting it signed. He probably kind of saw firsthand what was kind of happening. Right. He put his foot down. People, I, I don't think people like Rob Liefeld, but like you could, you could probably see the thought process of it. Right. He probably just got fed up of do, going through the same kind of um, this kind of like phony process of like, is this person really a fan or are right. they, or are they just getting this to make it an asset and make an investment? You know? Right. Yeah, it's like I have some like Japanese wrestling programs and sometimes if I'll see the wrestlers at conventions that I know are in the program, I'll think, oh, it'd be cool if I could get them signed. Mm -hmm. But it's because then maybe that's an in for me to talk about yeah. the the matches and the event. But I know that's not going to happen. Yeah, It's just going to become like, where's my 40 bucks and I'm going to sign. Right, something. right. There's some stuff I have. Uh, I went to a, a comic convention years ago and I got uh, signatures from Liefeld and uh, McFarlane. They were both there. Mm -hmm. I got a few of them signed to Adam. And at the time it was like, what are you, like, why are you doing that? It's yeah. like, well, because I, I really want uh, Tom McFarlane's signature. They tell you not to do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, Mike Allred's one of my favorite all-time artists and I have a bunch of Mad Men books signed to Jared. I'm like, I would never even think to sell those. Yeah. Like those are, those are books I love. Right. And inform so much of things that, you know, I like in my own creativity yeah. and so like yeah that's cool that it's for me right why why what else would I do with that that's exactly right but unfortunately I think that's probably not the norm in terms of what they're experiencing right, right. so it is just like sign this and then when I can sell it it has your signature on yes it. yes uh and some people don't even like issues with the autograph of the creator even if right. it is CGC right uh, uh authenticated I will say Mike Allred was the coolest guy I've ever met at a convention to sign stuff because he actually like genuinely interacted it's great with me and, and Jungu. that's great but you want to go through some more yeah of this yeah stuff? please i remember this cover where they're yeah. all kind of like gangsters this is an awesome cover who yeah, did this this is kevin eason insane yeah yes this is definitely the type of turtle that i like yeah because i have them all you know uh boarded all of them have wraparound covers but uh, unmentionables yeah this, this is a classic cover this is a, yeah this is peter laird cover this so then this kind of st almost starts off like the guest period. Uh -huh. uh, this is a Mark Martin issue. Uh -huh. uh, it's kind of surreal and goofy. It's a, it's a fun issue. Uh -huh. um, but it does kind of create the template for like what the guest period of Turtles is going to look like. And, and that like someone's going to do their own thing completely with it. So Eastman and Laird were like, this is huge. This is taken off. It is 1988. Right. So the cartoon and, and the toy line would have already been out of it. Things are just already. popping. We just, we just got a bunch of checks right. uh, signed to us. Uh, this is a real full blown thing. We're going to get guest artists to, to, to draw the book. Were they still writing the book at the time or, or was it guest writers too? So this is a guest writer. They do one more like three issue run. Uh huh um this, great cover yeah. this black and white this is oh, eric wow. calvert so this is not them either show this. is this yeah. loose yeah you can go down here that's a great cover that's a beauty wow i love that 
Yeah. So and this is Eastman, right? Oh, this no. is Eric Talbot. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's gorgeous. It's kind of a, its own standalone oh, story. I love that cover. That is really pretty. He, Eric Talbot ends up doing a lot of um, inking uh-huh. too later on. And he's got a great inking style because it kind of like, it does have this very raw kind of indie comic, like raw indie comic look mm-hmm. to it. Um, so I love when he kind of comes on and inks. And then this is another standalone thing. And then here is like kind of like the final for a little while Eastman and Laird run. Uh-huh. It's returned to New York. So it's a can three. We, we yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll take all three out because they're they all have really good covers. This is this is like the Peter Laird, uh, Eastman and Laird are like kind of um, splitting apart creatively. Um, at this point? I think this is just like the Empire is in full force at yeah. this point. Wow. So they do this three part story to kind of wrap up all the Shredder stuff. That's a cool cover. Yeah, I love that. It's very reminiscent of the Hulk that McFarlane did. Like, it's the Mm. same crouch. You know what I'm talking about? Where, like, he's bursting through the logo. Totally. And then this. This this looks like a a graffiti mural that you would see. Yeah, there's so much airbrushing on that. I love it. And they really didn't change the logo. No, it changes at the very end. But um, it's kind of, it's a cool little... um, this design flair i like it everyone kind of um switches up the color scheme on it mm-hmm. uh it's a good it's a good look uh so this these also uh jim lawson draws mm-hmm. uh jim lawson's kind of interesting because he does the backup title which is tales of tmnt which i have also mm-hmm. and style i would say is very rough from the get-go uh seven issues in it's only seven issues uh he becomes incredibly talented and then picks up on like the main title. Mm-hmm. I think it's around the same time, and uh, becomes kind of like my favorite turtle artist. Cool. Um, but it is fun to see in like a very short amount of time, someone's art style completely change. Yeah. Uh, and evolve. They kind of like um, take off in a way. Yeah. Right. Um, so he draws these three issues, and then he has a different inker on each one. I think it's like um, Kevin Eastman does one, Peter Laird does one, I think Eric Talbot does one. I like this style. I like that's fantastic. Too. Can I show this? Yeah, it's not going to show. You get. I'm going to have to um, take some pictures of this yeah. stuff for the Instagram. So, and the cover is insane. So, yeah, that's a painting, right? Yeah, hold on, I'll, I'll just show you all those because those are those are the best. This was six ninety five in what year is what year did this come out? Oh, this is the collection. Oh, yeah, uh, the back. I think we'll have it. Uh, no, but that is so classic. Like this, yeah, that lineup. Boom. Yep. So this is AC Farley does all the painting. I had this. Yeah. I had this. That's what like, a gorgeous painting. Who do you think owns this uh, original? I, I would like to. Right? That. Oh, man. If if someone sees this video. Raph looks so tough like, here, too. Yeah. He looks so tough right there. This is my favorite uh, AC Farley painting. Yeah. This is like real kind of um, like fantasy work almost. Yeah. I just right? love that there's a little turtle in the pond that they're looking at. I didn't even look at that. <laughs> it's a little dark, so it's hard to see. But yeah. If, oh yeah if the original of that is yeah around see this is great and it has like the traditional kind of like um feudal japanese hat yeah like that type of stuff so cool here these are all ace farley this is great i love that yeah there's so many there's so many different ways to adapt these guys i guess that's what also like is so enduring about them there's so many different ways you can do it right man that's incredible Oh, this is great. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what the third movie looks like. Yeah. Do you like the movies? Uh, Yeah. 
I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, as much as you like something that you see a thousand times when you're a kid, yeah. and then just like can't really unlink in your head. Yeah. Um, directed by Steve Barron. The first one, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And somebody was just telling me, uh, who I forget who the D, the DP was. Somebody else, the, the the person who shot it was also like a name. I forget though. Really? Yeah, I forget. I don't even know. I have to look. Yeah. Um, look through the rest of these real quick. Yeah, so now that we're getting contemporary, I feel like they kind of, the brand is certainly, has been crystallized at this point. Totally. So all of these basically for the next 20, 30 issues are all guest artists yeah. and writers. And what year is this here? Is this the 90s yet or is it 89? This is 89. Yeah, so this is like, by the way, comics, like 89, like what, it's, it's after Craven's Last Hunt, is, are the, are the, are the image guys working in Marvel at this point? Yeah. yeah. They're all, that's full force, right? Yeah. What is image kicks off in 90, 91? 91, 92. Yeah. So, like, they're kind of just getting going. Oh, what? There's a McFarlane um, pinup in one of the later Turtles issues. Uh-huh. I'm not surprised. Yeah. That's cool. Um, these are all good. These two, and then this third one, the other book. It's can, Rick Beach's uh, The River. Can we go back to the beginning so I could show some of the, yeah. the covers that we missed? Yeah. So that's three. Yeah, you can just flip through whatever you want. Can I take these out or are these yeah. bound? No, they're all. I can pull them out? out. Yeah. Okay. So let's just, let me just look at these and we can riff on them for a little bit. Yeah. So the original was just like a one color printing, right? Right. Do you know where they would get these printed? I think it's like a local shop that they would go to because there's a um, printing error on the first run of these that I think they destroyed most of the copies. So there's like only a few. Have you ever seen any in circulation? No, I know what it is. The difference is like, there's a lot more white, I think on the cover. Uh And supposedly you could specifically tell on like where it says layered photo. Yeah. Um, There's a lot more white there. By the way, this is not a great cover by any (laughs) means, right? I mean, it's an artifact for sure. And like, uh, there's a a real quality to like the sketchiness of it, but like, it's not, there's the, the, there's a reason why I, I young me was not picking this up off the shelf. Totally. I mean, the, are the turtles even clearly in it? No. Right? No. You only have the one no. head popping. It. Yeah. <laughs> Can I take this one out? Yeah. Okay. So this is the one I was talking about when they first started. Uh, comic book size. When they, the comic book size, but also full color. Right. This was the first full color issue. I think so. Well, not full color cover. Right. That's yeah. What I yeah. That's what I meant. Sorry. I believe so. Yeah. Again, like this, like looks like something that like your really talented friend in the back of the class would draw. Yeah, there is there is definitely that quality to it. But that's, that's funny. but they were the reason I say that is probably because they were riffing off of totally. Eastman Laird, whether they knew it or not. Yes, for sure. Right? Like how many times I I I can't tell you how many times I've seen somebody draw a uh when like teeth are, are gritting like that. Sure. It's I, always it's always the turtle. It always looks like that. Right. Well, all, the figures have that too. The figures did have that. The figures all each of them had like yes. their mouth like that. You have the original playmates? Yeah, uh, I have most of them loose. I have two still in box, but they're destroyed. Wow. Boom. You're not going to get these graded, are you? No, I mean, the boxes are fucked. Yeah. I remember seeing the. Oh, and they're not punched. Look at you. <laughs> they're not punched. I remember these. I had these uh, uh, when they first came out. And like as soon as I brought them home, I tried to put Raphael's sigh in his hand. And it like broke and I was crushed. <laughs> you know how like, you know, it's just like a, it's yeah. kind of hard to get them into the hands. Yeah. It wasn't until later that, you know, I learned that you have to kind of uh, run them under hot water. And... Oh, was that the trick? Yeah, that's the trick. What a great toy line too. Yeah, they look great. And did Eastman and Laird do the packaging for the toys? No, they didn't. Um, Faithful. 
yeah they're, they're pretty close and i forgot that they had like this really cool comic in the back the origin yeah that's yeah. super cool do you identify with different aspects of turtles the older that you get or does it kind of stay in its original form for you at all times um i think what if i learned anything it is just kind of like what i'm responding to like i've been saying is is the idea of like a creative studio yeah everyone going in on this one thing and, and then it being able to kind of rising tides um, based off the success of this, they're Should able take to put, the they put all the other um, artists on that they like. Yeah. This is what we were talking about earlier with April and the Jerry curl and the fashionable clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I love, this is Eastman's style. This is Eastman who drew this. Yeah. Yeah. I love the, the geometry of how he did turtles in this era. Yeah. That stuff. is like really, really cool to me. They have, Nick is putting out figures that are, um, closer and, and look to, to i might those. i might bite the bullet and, and get those yeah plus i mean plus the other ones are just hard to yeah the original neca ones i've been eyeballing for a those, long time yeah those are the original neca ones yeah those are you gotta take a picture of those for I will. Uh, instagram those are really nice figures yeah yeah lo and behold they are like but they came out when did those come out 2006 or seven. everyone was sleeping on those right yeah well they were the box came out it was a con exclusive yeah if i remember because that's where i got it we got um my mom's boyfriend and i uh got a box each and eastman and laird were at the convention because i think it was like they were coming out i don't remember if it was like in celebration of a mm-hmm. certain thing uh and so we have two one i opened mm-hmm. and then the other one is still in the box and it's signed and that's back at your back in my parents house uh, yeah fantastic Wow. All right. Let me show. Yeah. This is the one that I remember right. distinctively off from the shelves. This to me is an iconic cover, an iconic Turtles cover. I feel like there's a, this is such like a um, like a well-traveled um, story device where the the heroes hunt down the bad guys who are yeah. hunting the heroes at the same time. Sure. Very effective. Uh, cat and mouse is always like good for like yeah. a easy story and yeah, then this one. one you mind yeah. yeah and then if you want we could just kind of i could just scroll, scroll through the other covers and yeah you want to sure pull yeah this one i re- i just wanted to pull the ones that we were talking about because like these are the ones like i really gravitate towards i love the i love how they how the artist drew uh the turtles who is this guy uh michael dooney great yeah is he considered like a a, a pretty classic turtles guy yeah for sure terrific rendition of the characters yeah, that's fantastic. And then just this last one, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. we'll be done. Whatever you want. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm I'm always excited to talk about this stuff. But... Yeah, well, I love the fact that you have the comics. Like, you know, I I speak with people, and you you do as well. And there's so many people out there that are big into turtles, but like they turtles merch, right? It's I it I, I for me like anything that comes from a comic book is is um less interesting to me than them in the comic book right. than their comic book form right. i always like going back to the source right because um it's not as um realized in a way sometimes like right. like the turtle like you could see the evolution as you go through the even just the covers right you could see what sticks what gets taken away totally. what gets um uh refined you see all these elements coming to light. Yeah, this is and this is this is Eastman. That's Kevin Eastman. Yeah, this is my clearly my favorite. Yeah, this is definitely like my favorite rendition of Eternals. Yeah, a tighter line, right? Like a thinner. Like it's almost like he was using like a different pen. Yeah. 
Fantastic. Okay, so your dad was getting these. He was a he had a subscription. Um, at this point, I don't know if he had a subscription because in reading them, uh, they only start to offer a subscription later on. These, I think, are all individual purchases, and then the subscription comes pretty later on. Yeah. Do you remember where he was getting these? Um, was he getting them at St. Mark's? Yeah, based on his notes, I think he was like going to St. Mark's. I mean, he worked in Manhattan, so I'm assuming he's only there's only. Can I see the yeah. stuff. Here, I'll he was working in Manhattan. He'd go to St. Mark's. Yeah, so here's a St. Mark's card. There's another comic shop card. That. Look at that. And then he, I don't know if you want to show yeah, someone's name, but there's there's a name of a manager. Boom, Michael Audino. Shout out. This is a gorgeous card, by the way. What a great logo. Is St. Mark's Comics still there? No. They moved to uh, Industry City. Wizard of The Wizard of Cards and Comics. So this guy was probably like a sports card guy who's like, oh, I'm going to get into the comics game now, right? right? Was your dad a sports card guy? We had some baseball cards, but uh, I don't even know where those are that, anymore. That's the story of the comics speculation boom. It was all right. the card, card guys coming into the business or the industry, right? right. Here looks like he Village Comics on Bleecker Street. Nice. And, and then he has notes here in terms of, I guess, what he's looking for. Wow. Look at that. This is so special that you still have this. Yeah, it's, it, this is nice to have. What do you make of his handwriting? Very professional. This is like a professional <laughs> guy, right? And then this is notes on what he was collecting. So I can read this and we could show it after. Yeah. I could figure out what he was doing. Uh -huh. So he was collecting back issues. Uh -huh. Like that's a third printing of number one. So he's probably start like buying up to issue 34. And then I recognize this is why I think he was not like super, super aware of what was going on. Cause that title was canceled. So mm -hmm. there is no issue eight and nine. Bro, my dad writes like his, your dad's handwriting <laughs> is almost similar to my dad's handwriting. He does the same ends. I wonder if it was like, just that the the schooling during the time of learning how to how to how to write yeah. penmanship and stuff. Wow! But here, that's awesome. Yeah. So these are this is essentially his pull list and what he was looking for. Yeah. And you said something so wonderful before we started that um, this is like a collection. It's like generational collecting that was passed down to you. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not. You know, just you know, it's not something I was doing, of course. Yeah. Uh, and now that I have it all and it's incomplete and it continues past me, you know, when he was alive, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It's one of those things you don't want to even think about too much, but just like I've continued to fill in the blanks and mm -hmm. then pick up what kind of he left off. You feel connected when you do that? Yeah. I don't, it, there's no like, I don't think deep, deep spiritual thing to it. It just feels like here's a thing. It's unfinished. And I guess the way my brain works, I'm like, well, I can finish this off. Yeah. There's a clear endpoint here, I think, mentally for me, because there is like a sale of the property to Viacom. Right. So I'm like, okay, I know it only goes to X amount. Mm -hmm. I can see that through. That mm -hmm. sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, is this the first appearance of Casey Jones? No, this is just like a, this is the way they did this was supposed to look like kind of like a throwback sort of thing. Oh, Casey yeah, Jones right. shows up in the Raphael issue. Which is being graded right now. Yeah, okay. I don't have it right now. Cool. Uh, you want to see some other? Comments? Yeah. Did you want to pull any of these? Other ones? This I showed, this is okay. when I started showing Got it, it okay. again. Yeah. Wow. Are you going to eventually get all of them graded? Or... I don't think so. I, I don't think there's even like the value proposition makes sense for me. Right. Jim Dooney? Is that the car, the guy? That uh, What's his name? Michael Dooney. Michael Dooney. Wow. I've never seen all of these Turtles comics in one shot like this. Hmm. Are uh, there any other collectors? Are you on like message boards for any of this stuff? No, my feeling has always been um i like what i like 
-hmm. then I meet other people who have the same interests as me and then I go oh boy yeah <laughs> uh wrestling is certainly like that yeah um is wrestling like comic books where you can go in phases where you don't watch and then you're a, a full force back in for a while I was with like WWE yeah um I didn't watch I stopped watching WWE in like probably 2002 and then you got back on the train eventually later in life 2013 2014 yeah. Yeah. uh they ran a show through at the barclay center and i was like that sounds fun mm -hmm. i haven't seen wrestling in a long time mm -hmm. and immediately i was back like when the main event had brock lesnar and the undertaker and i was like oh fuck the undertaker's still at it mm -hmm. i knew who brock was mm -hmm. so got right back into it and they had also dropped the um wwe network at the time mm -hmm. it doesn't exist anymore but um it was their streaming service mm -hmm. so you could Go on, watch any pay-per-view, any match, whatever. Oh, I vaguely remember that. It was 10 bucks. Right. So uh, so you did once that? Once I got that, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm back into wrestling wow. again. Could you watch the old episodes? Yeah. Oh, wow. They That's had cool. everything. So um, that got me really back into it. How do you access the OG Turtles uh, cartoons? Do they have DVDs of those? I don't know. Are they I, streaming anywhere? I, I've been a oh. little curious recently to watch like the first couple episodes yeah. again, just because in rereading all this stuff, I was wondering... What does that like adaptation look like before it becomes its own thing? Yes, um, but haven't haven't gotten around to it. Do you stay true like, and do you um, are you current with like all the movies? Have you seen all of them? I've seen all the movies. Um, they just re released basically all the video games in one set. Very cool. Bought that. That's a lot of fun. Does I think um, what's the what's the retro arcade the stand up arcade company that sells uh, retros? Yeah. yeah, did you? They had a turtles one, right? They the had one, a the classic one with the four yeah. joysticks. But I have um. I, I have that basically on the Switch. Yeah. And then they, they made a new one uh -huh. that's kind of like a sequel to that. That's cool. That plays just like an old uh, like beat-em-up. Yeah. Called... That was also like the X-Men game too, right? It was X-Men yeah. and Turtles. Yeah. Um, they released a new one. I've played it a couple times over with friends and they added like Splinter and Casey Jones and April as like playable characters. It's fun? It's fun. Cool. Um, but it's all the cartoon stuff. So like there was references to stuff I had forgotten, like the neutrinos, which were like uh -huh. a bunch of space kids. Okay. So that, I was like, oh, I was thinking about the cartoon because I hadn't thought about this stuff. Some of, like, I've seen some of the characters that uh, have come out of the cartoon very wacky, like a little too wacky, no? It's like, it's very much, I think, of the time period. I think if you look at the other cartoons that were coming out in the mid to late 80s, mm -hmm. all the designs look the same. Yeah. Like, I look at the neutrinos and then I think of like, they weren't the Smurfs, but they were like underwater Smurfs. Snorks. Snorks. Right. They look like Snorks kind of to me. <laughs> I don't not, not even try to totally remember what a snork looks like, but the neutrinos look like a snork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where did uh, I mean there was also some like really genius creative going on? Yeah, sure. Characters. I mean like something like Bebop and Rocksteady. Fantastic. Great. Yeah. Uh, did Baxter become a fly in the comic? No, Baxter is a cool. fly. Yeah, I think. But that all to me makes sense in terms of like if you think about like he-man or just the way like all the the creatures are and the bad guys are uh-huh okay you have to make everybody some sort of mutant yes animal right your, right. your show is about mutant turtles right so all that stuff makes sense that that's what you have to do and right. it, that's what sells toys right um but i don't know i mean i'm sure the information's out there i don't know how they saw baxter stockman as he's written in the comic book right which is kind of like an evil genius uh who like holds a building hostage with right. mausers uh and then like we're gonna turn him into a fly i was confused because i read that mm -hmm. 
And I'm like, when is he going to turn into a fly? Yeah. And it never happens. If that. we get to it, I'll show you what they bring back, back cool. to Chuck Metallic. Like, it's very different. And how did Yosagi, Yosagi Yojimbo, how yeah. did he get in, uh, threaded into the fold here? So Stan Sakai was the creator of that yeah. book. Had like a very good relationship with Eastman and Laird. Yeah. And they did some like crossover stuff. Yeah. There was like some um, like pinups uh -huh. and uh, mini, like, I, don't, I think there was like a mini series. And then Mirage published Space Yojimbo. Uh-huh. Um, or Space Yusagi, I mm -hmm. forgot what the title is. Um, so they worked together a lot constantly. Same time? Was Usagi Yojimbo coming out at the same time as Turtles? Yeah, it might have started maybe like just a hair earlier. Uh-huh. Um, because they were repping him from like the get-go in terms of like, this is a book we love. Right. Um, but also, I mean, another talking animal mm -hmm. ninja book. Right. So makes sense. Uh, ninjas were very hot in the 80s Danzakai also draws some great Ninja Turtles too in he, his style He, I have seen some of that stuff yeah yeah. they do go hand in hand yeah totally uh, there's a couple like um, backup stories Leonardo like falls through a portal and then meets back up with like Usagi Yojimbo and they cool. have like fights is Usagi does it take place during feudal times yeah okay yeah so that's what that's and I mean that's something that's still goes on now too uh netflix just had like a, a new series is it yeah you know what i tried to get my daughter into it yeah. she wasn't she wasn't that I, I haven't watched it um but i know i mean it's still kind of endures yeah yeah oh yeah you mean the character yeah yeah totally yeah not to the extent of course of the ninja turtles but um it's still around yeah no it's it's he usagi's definitely an icon i mean it, it, just like you said not as much as turtles but he is out there right sure i wonder why like uh why certain things hit and certain things don't I mean, I guess it's just, it's so wacky. Too. Now I don't it's think so it's wacky. even about hitting, really. I think it's just like, here's the IP. Let's just fucking run it back. Yeah. Because some stuff that does get rebooted or, I'm like, I don't, that was not even like a cool, successful thing. When no. I remember it coming right. out originally, right. it's just, it's just there. Yeah, and they could do it. There for the taking. Man. All right, let's keep going. Okay. That's gorgeous. Yeah, this is a. I skipped this one, but this is Michael Dooney also. Uh huh. Um, this is this, this is Michael Dooney also. I take that one. Yeah, this is a cool issue. Um, it's very much off of beautiful we're, cover. I've never seen yeah. this cover before. This is beautiful. I, I mean, I love that the turtles are not on it. Yes. Who is this? Uh, so Rick Beach writes like a three-part series called The River, in which Raphael is kind of like bitten by like a succubus character cool who sucks out all of his mutant blood mm -hmm. for lack of a better term and Raphael reverts back into like a baby turtle oh cool uh they undo it over the course of three issues it's kind of like a hard twin like tinged story it's very cool after this kind of reads as like a sequel to that where everyone's a little depressed and like comes to realize that like there are no female turtles mm -hmm. of their ilk so mm -hmm. They are a the last of their breed. Mm -hmm. um, and then they come upon these like fish people who also are like the last of their breed. Mm -hmm. And it's much more introspective in terms of like, yeah, there's no female turtles. Once these four brothers die, that is it for the mutant turtles. Yeah. But they're, I mean, they're not necessarily a, a race of beings. It's like, uh, they're mutants, right? They're, they're like... mutants, but they are beings in that like, there are no other they exist now. Yeah, right. walking turtles. So they meet like another upright fish people it's kind of a romantic story uh it's very cool yeah there are stories in here that i think would make for interesting adaptation yeah 
probably a bit more on the somber side uh-huh. uh, than they've ever been like represented. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is cool. This is like an AC Farley cover too. Yeah. Yeah. This is also like kind of more of like a horror. There's a lot of like um, I love this. Yeah. There's like a lot of like Lovecraft elements. In that I'm part. all in on these on this rendition of the turtles. Yeah, these are good. Mm-hmm. Now, in the IDW stuff, does, yeah. that, does that take its canon from the cartoon? I don't know, because I'm not familiar with it. I think it Have does. you seen Krang in it? Have you seen any of those characters? From what I've understood, yeah, Steady? from what I understand, I think they, all, yeah, all the cartoon characters. Are, right. Because they had built out such a robust kind of, like, roster of, like, mutant animals, uh-huh. they're all in it. Right. It makes sense, too. Yeah. This is one of my favorites. Uh, this is a Rick Beach, like, one-off story. It's kind of like a Big Daddy Kane, like, uh, they're on, like, a mutant <laughs> highway. Casey's torso is just all it's right. Up. It's it's so good. <laughs> oh man. By the way, just looks like a psycho, like the quiet riot dude. Just yeah. looks insane. Yeah. The uh like the all white eyes popping through the mask. Sicko. Is great. That's probably ripped straight from the Quiet Riot album. Oh, it's very good. In April 1990. Yeah. So it was Eastman Laird, Dooney. Yeah. And Jim Lawson. Lawson. And then these are like kind of like artists that would come in either work on their own series for mirage uh-huh. and then do like a stint on turtles and they would do the cover and the interiors uh most of the time yeah like that's a rick beach cover this is a michael zuli cover he does the interior art also uh-huh. uh the michael zuli stuff is cool it's like a three-part series that concludes later uh-huh. this looks like bodie this, this that, it's his kid oh cool yeah nice um this is i've Corbett. seen these before yep this is in color this is in full color in the interiors too oh it is yeah Can i see I yeah see this is kind of like the um kind of the vaguely the concept of the game yes where it's turtles in time oh it is yeah yeah that's gorgeous that's like straight just like fantasy illustration they're um pirates at one point and then they're um swashbucklers and then they go back so far as their their eggs uh-huh which is great it's just four eggs running around with turtle feet bonkers very fun very fun at one point they go back and meet the turtles right before the issue starts and like eight turtles are just talking to each other postmodern yeah very cool this for me personally i i don't love the issue itself but this cover really stuck when i was a kid yeah because i recognize that as rambo uh-huh and the turtles are all dead on the cover yeah 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 and I love how the logo is dismantled. Is yeah. This the first time that we've seen the logo dismantled? No, right? Yeah. That's the first time that I think they completely fuck up the logo yeah. like that. What I would say is surprising about that book is like it's actually kind of like a comedy book on the inside. Is it? Yeah. It, Classics just like meathead, uh, jacked up dude. Yeah. Macho man type of dude. That Macho issue surprised Rambo. me when I read it finally because this character, he basically has like turtle fever and everything he sees is like turtles and he drives him crazy huh? and he he ends up shooting himself in the head at the end of the of issue course. and like kills himself in front of the turtles of it's, it's kind of it's, dramatic it's brutal yeah why don't they have a toy of this guy yet because i think then maybe they'd have to explain that that guy <laughs> killed himself at the end. they have a like you could switch the head out it has yeah. a bullet hole through it yeah <laughs> yeah some of these painted covers are so elevated wow yeah. Wow, this is I've never seen this one before. This is yeah. gorgeous. That's like a black metal cover. Let me see that. Yeah, the Michael Zuli stuff is, is wild. Wow. Yeah, a lot of these guys like really understood, like, oh no, let me like do straight up fantasy illustration style and see what we can do with this. Do the stories get um as sophisticated as some of these renditions are? Um yeah. So this one um That's so cool. 
I, I don't even know how to necessarily describe the story that's in this one. It's essentially a story of Splinter versus Shredder. And Splinter has these like four sons that are turtles. None of them have names um, that fight Shredder's kind of like foot clan. Mm-hmm. But it is a lot more about spirituality, about like the nature of death. Wow. Uh, this eagle thing is kind of like an avatar for death. Uh-huh. Um, one of the turtles gets his like shell kind of cracked open. Uh-huh. Um, wow. It is like a lot of the the these stories end up being uh, a little bit about environmentalism Uh about spirituality and and kind of like they're very much creations of of whoever was writing them Mm -hmm. and very separate for from like whatever you think the turtles are yeah so much so that sometimes the turtles aren't even named and you don't know who's who because it's just kind of like the avatar for the story that they're telling they're just sitting around being like well what else can we do they we can't just fight every issue like we got to think of something we got to expand the canon somehow right yeah there's some stories i think like this is one of them where there's like there, it's like the nature of being a turtle and there's like kind of like a giant turtle god great yeah so a lot of like strange stuff like that's that. great and this is the john k cover right uh, uh rich Hedden and like uh, i forgot mcguini i forgot like his first name um these are like three comedy uh-huh. stories i hate them yeah they look kind of whack they're they, these are for kids clearly they're very like, silly yeah let's sell some you know the kids who are watching the, co- the cartoon are not buying the comics right yeah, is your dad? Are these your dads still? Yeah, this is still his run. Yeah, what, where did he get to when he passed? What issue? So uh, that would be in volume two. It's a it's a different binder that I got. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Oh wow. Uh, and, and and all these are on red. Well, yeah, well, I've, read, I've read them now. But, you have read them yeah, now, I've right? But them. they came to they they were originally completely on red. Didn't even crack them open, huh? Yeah. Right into a bag and a board. Yeah. Immediately. I think I have to imagine so. Yeah. Wow. But the bags weren't um taped or anything. They were just kind of like open, slipped in. Yeah. yeah. I don't recognize any of these covers. No, this is Leatherhead. Leatherhead shows up in a Tales from... Uh-huh. So the only two characters that really made it over in terms of, like, villains made it over from the comics besides Shredder and Foot Clan mm-hmm. are Leatherhead and um, the Rat King. Oh, I've seen Rat King. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's a cool design. Yeah. That actually looks exactly like it does in the, in the comics. Eastman? Uh, this is Michael Dooney also. Oh, okay. So I like Dooney and I like Eastman. Yeah. yeah. And then this is AC Farley. This is the guy who's doing all those painted paperback covers. Oh, this cool. This is just uh, drawn. That's really nice. Can I take that yeah. out? He does these like, okay, so here there's kind of a, that's the end of the guest period. Yeah. Eastman and Laird return to write and it's like kind of like a return to continuity. So it oh. picks up basically after they've been, they've defeated the Shredder from uh-huh. Return to New York. And then they pick up for 15 issues or so. It's uh-huh. City at War, which is 13 issues. Uh-huh. And this uh, Casey Jones story. That looks like Frank Miller. April O'Neil looks kind of like a Frank Miller. It does. 1992. That's a good, that's a good Casey. Beefcake. Yeah, here's the other, um, here's the second part of this. I like his shoes. Casey gets uh, shit-faced and tries to fight Donatello and loses in this. I mean, there's a, there's remnants of, like, uh, Bisley almost, too, with uh, Casey's face. Very much so. You know, what was that Bisley one, Bad Boy or whatever? Body Count. Yeah. Oh, but, yes, he did. Yeah. Or Big Boy or whatever yeah. it was called. Yeah. But he did a turtle story. Did he? Yeah, he did one with Kevin Eastman. Oh, that's cool. This is great. A.C. Farley. What a champ. Yeah, wow. AC Farley. I would definitely uh, spend a little bit of money on AC Farley. Is he, is he still working, or is he still alive? Uh, he's still alive. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he's still working. So then, Eastman and Laird return to do. They draw basically. This is the last issue they ever draw wow. together. Number right? fifty. Yeah, number fifty, and then the rest is all Jim Lawson. 
And it's all part of this one giant story. Wow. City at War. Is this your, did you mention this in the chat? City at War is great and Return to New York is great. Yeah. Um, This is like a 13 part thing where they like fight uh, the Foot Clan and Karai is a different character. She runs the Foot Clan. Uh, And then Splinter eats a rat. He like breaks his leg, falls down like a hole, is starving to death. And the Rat King shows up and is like, if you want to live, you have to like do what you know is necessary. Is Splinter tied to Rat King? Um, only in this issue. Oh, that's, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, the Rat King was like, you, like, there's food here. You just haven't thought about what that food is. And like, yeah. he, like over the course of a couple issues, refuses to eat a rat and then finally eats a rat. Can I pull 50? Yeah. Is this the first time that the, that the logo is different too? Yes. They uh, they change up the Mirage Publishing logo too, though it's not on this one. It's on the later one. Can I see number one again? Yeah. So like it's very similar. Very similar. It's almost like they wanted to redo the whole thing, right? Yeah. So like that's where am I? So that's one. And you see the crew. Well, that's 84, and then this one's 92. So it's almost, you know, it's eight years later. Yeah. Look how refined they got. They became better artists too. Way better, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's killer. And this is the first time at the logo change. Not not yeah. a great logo. No, pretty um unremarkable but the cover is very nice what an artifact yeah and these the rest of the covers are all uh ac farley yeah just wrong yeah i don't i let's just we, let's flip through them real quick i don't yeah. remember any of these like these these are not ingrained in my mind at all there were some covers like like you saw yeah. here and there i was like oh yeah i remember seeing that one. Oh yeah yes 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 i mean at this point i have to assume turtle popularity is dropping off considerably uh-huh oh, i mean right. now it's 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 x-force and yes x-men uh-huh yeah 93 that would put me in what, freshman year of high school so i was not watching turtles right. anymore i was reading comics but i wasn't reading turtles comics they'd also have big gaps in, in the publishing of these books too because uh-huh. it was such a small studio i uh-huh. think and i think probably eastman and laird not having great amount of oversight too right a lot of things just got held up did they lose um ownership at all or are they still well, they, they gave still it up it. so eastman gave his share up oh. and laird then sold it to viacom right and then kevin eastman they bring him on as kind of like a um, creative consultant uh-huh. maybe i guess for some stuff that they do now and neither of them do any other comics right no uh eastman did some like uh marvel comics recently uh covers did he yeah he, i saw he did um an x-men cover oh cool i think it was like I want to say it was like Wolverine was on it. Yeah. Maybe Dazzler and Longshot, but I might cool. be getting that one a little wrong. And then this is the last issue of the first run of Ninja, the Black and White Ninja Turtle. And, yeah. and they're saying goodbye. They split up a little bit. At this point, uh, April has come into a bunch of money. Her dad has died. Mm-hmm. And she buys an apartment building that was so happened to be owned by Casey Jones's mom. Mm-hmm. So Casey Jones also finds himself back with April. He has a kid. They, they were an item. Casey and April were an item for a little bit? Not really. There was always like a will they, won't they sort of thing. And yeah. now uh, Casey Jones left, came back with a kid from someone else. The Turtles are all kind of very stressed out. They split up. Uh-huh. Donatello and Splinter go live in a cave for a little while. Right. And the other three return to New York. Like Nietzsche, yep. Yeah. yeah, Casey and, and uh, April always had that kind of tension, right? Yeah. They had that in the movies too, right? If I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so this is the second printing, not the first printing. Can I see yeah. that one? And this is Eastman, right? This is an Eastman cover? Yeah. I'm getting good at this. <laughs> That's a good pose. 
that's a real nice pose. Yeah, Raph with the Uzi. Well, there's a backup story in this one that's uh the covers based on where uh Raphael and Casey Jones um shoot up basically a bunch of gangsters. And this is just straight up outlaw comics 87. Yeah. Yeah, Eastman, yeah, even down to the bandana. I love I love the sharpness and the angles that Eastman was doing when he started when he kind of was it a, would you call it a switch up or a, like refine? I think just a refinement honestly, yeah. yeah. I've seen this before, yeah. right? Yep. This is a good backup story too. Uh, just let me know if you want to pull any. Yeah, for sure. This is almost like the Animal Man, yeah, issue with uh, where Grant Morrison like breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. So in this one, uh, Donatello meets uh, a comic book artist named Kirby. Oh, know. so this is like the Animal Man. Issue. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And uh, Kirby draws all the stuff with like a special gem pencil. And oh, it comes cool. Like, but it's all Kirby monsters. Can I take this yeah. out? Because I noticed. Now I see it. When you bought you bought one of your toys and you and it came with this thing, this yeah. little apparatus that you put on the turtle hand. <laughs> I see that you did it true to the comics on your display, which is off camera now. But yeah, you added this thing. What this is just like what like a hand rifle or whatever. Like a... so, the artist yeah makes like you know he makes basically Kirby tech. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, they released that gun with I think the Fugitoid figure. Uh huh and uh that's the robot guy yeah i thought only i thought real ones would know what i had done yeah. with that <laughs> well here it is right here but i did that's try cool to post color. donatello exactly like that and you can see like they all still have the same color bandana yeah yeah trying to what's what's gobbledygook gobbledygook is like a bunch of either previously published stories um uh -huh. or new material uh -huh. and there's like some turtle backup stuff cool. in it so this is like as i'm kind of picking away at like the rest of the mirage yeah studio era stuff this is tales of team and this was like basically the backup series okay and this was they they said we we need another title, need another title. Yeah. right because the title wouldn't even sometimes come out consistently month by month yeah. so this would kind of fill in those gaps and they would just do the the covers or whatever and somebody else would just be a guest they filler. weren't even doing the covers this is all i think jim lawson and oh. ryan brown so we're just going to outsource this stuff because we need it on the shelves yeah they worked in the studio uh -huh. uh, this is the first appearance of the wrecking Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I remember this color. Yeah, the the computer graphic element of it too as well. So there he is. This is the first appearance of Rat King right here. Yeah, that's cool. What is their background? Um, were they punkers or were they just straight nerds? I think they're straight nerds. Peter Laird was uh, yeah, just kind of an illustrator for hire. Um, did they work in heavy metal ever? I don't, I don't think they did. I nope. think Kevin Eastman just was like a fan. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Wow. That's really nice. I had this. Yeah. Turtle soup. So I had this. This was like the first one. This is an this anthology book. This was bloody. Right? I don't remember. Don't they all die the story or one, one of them gets really badly injured or something? Probably. I don't remember the story. Can I take this yeah. out? Because I vividly remember this. And this is, I don't even know what year this is. Probably 90? Uh, it might have been 89. Yeah. Yeah. This is when I jumped on. I remember this. And then uh, the movie adaptation. Oh, yeah. Wait, I think I had. Can I pull this? Yeah. I think I had this, but it's long gone. I don't even know where I could. I lost a whole box of comics in the move. I had this, actually. Mm. I lost a whole box, and I think this was in it. Yeah. Nice. I think Jim Lawson did the art on that one. I like this version of April with, like, the really, really curly hair. <laughs> hair. Yeah. I do like this one a lot more than what we've been getting. And this guy, like, clearly... Wolverine's at its height, right? Totally. This is such like a Hesher icon, Casey Jones. Yeah, I sometimes wonder if I've taken my own personal style from Casey. For sure. 
By the way, is he still popular? Is Casey Jones like still cool? I don't know. Probably not. I, right? I think he's, he's problematic or something. It's a dated look. Yeah, yeah. It's a good. It's a strong look. It is a strong look, but it's a. I mean, denim vest, like cut off. So good. Shirt. Uh, <laughs> what else you have? Uh, I know you you have a lot, but yeah. Anything else that we could pick through while we're still here? Yeah, that I mean, bootleg turtles uh, satin jacket. Let's see that on you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you got to try that on. Sure. Well, what I will say about this jacket is that um, I'm going to just assume this was like a dude on the street or something uh -huh. that had this and was just doing. Um, I love it. Well, first of all, I guess I should call out none of the turtles are correct. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this pink turtle has Leonardo's buckle. This white turtle has a U or V. <laughs> uh, Raphael is blue and Michelangelo <laughs> is red. So none of them are so good. right it's so good but um yeah my yeah my dad's name is um imprinted here this was your dad's jacket yeah but i have one that obviously doesn't fit me because i was a child you gotta put this on do you wear this ever i've never worn it i have so many friends who tell me that i should be wearing it at all well times. you don't want to like yeah you know it's satin it'll get ruined it's a good fit though it looks nice <laughs> should i wear it out tonight yes yeah. well well you got pizza sauce all over yeah but wait a second so your dad was, it wasn't just speculation. He was really into it. Uh, I don't know. Cause there's, uh, my brother and I both have baby jackets that are this. So I think uh -huh. he was just like, fuck it. Well, let's get through jackets. That's really cool. Yeah. I love that. Um, I'll wear it for the rest of this. What's your favorite piece of ephemera that you have of turtles? Not, not comics. Yeah. This is, I, this I love. Yeah. Uh, I think if, I think if I were to ever finish out all the turtle stuff that I want to collect, mm -hmm. bootleg turtle stuff mm -hmm. would be the next thing I would be interested yeah. in. I love bootleg. Hardcore collectors of things, they eventually get to a level where they're like, oh no, I want all the bootleg stuff. I've yeah. noticed that. The bootleg turtle stuff is great. Bootleg wrestling stuff yeah. always cracks me up. Yeah. Uh, when, you know, you see like five figures in like one pack and mm -hmm. like the, the key art is from like somebody, but they kind of fucked up the face a little bit mm -hmm. and all, all the bodies are switched and you know, if you know the material well enough, you could be like, that's this person's, you know, attire. Uh -huh. that, that's that. I love that stuff. Yeah. So like, are you already looking on eBay for it? Uh, No, I like, I keep, the water I gotta out? keep, I gotta keep it way, way in the back yeah. of my head. Cause I still owe all of the, most of like the volume three image stuff. Uh -huh. And then all the volume four turtle stuff. Are, is, are you in any hurry? Does it seem like a slog? Yeah. Are they overpriced at the moment? So I don't like doing, I don't like buying them on eBay because it's so easy. Yes. Um, And it kind of takes a little bit of the fun out for me of the search. Yeah. I like going to stores. I like going to conventions. And then I like haggling a little bit. Of course. And uh, yeah, I like seeing it in the wild. Um, That's more fun. If I wanted to, I could buy everything today right. on eBay. And then what's the point? Like right. that's pretty joyless. Yeah. Um, so I, I like I like the work that goes into it. I like that. Yeah, I, I can get down with that. Yeah. When's the next con? Like, or well, have you been to any conventions post pandemic? Yeah, I've been to um, all the New York comic conventions. How they are they? Had. They're fun. I I made out pretty well in the last one, which was in October. Good deals. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty keyed in in terms of like how much things are going for on eBay, yeah. so I can like I have a starting point in my head, and I try I do keep like pretty diligent notes on my phone. Do you? In case I see something, I know. Okay, this is where, where I feel like right. you should be handwriting it like your dad did. <laughs> I feel like that would probably, really do it, right? Probably. Show me the Kang or the Krang with the the body. Yeah, it's fucked up though. Why is that so popular? Just because the design is so rad. The design's rad. Yeah, that's why people love it. Yeah, I mean, mine's just. Course. I think it's, it's mine from when I was a kid. 
but this I, is from this is a, an original from yeah from, but it's like it, it's partly broken the like tuning fork on his head is broken what was it a was it a fragile figure to begin with yeah is that an og casey yeah it's an yes got yes this is just a great figure and now that i'm i now that i'm looking at these toys again these were in the style of the drawings in a way right like this yeah is... well because there wouldn't be a cartoon um but casey's not the first series but yeah i mean that looks like a kevin eastman drawn casey does exactly look like that in the comic but, but great articulation on these these were almost like remember the police academy toys yeah well, it's almost like, like the same sculpt yeah because everyone's like slightly bent over yes Oh, but he doesn't stand up right I mean, on his own, does like he? Really none of them do, do they? No. The NECA ones do, right? Yeah, yeah. Hold on. This guy's fucked up, but yeah, people. I see these on eBay. People go ape over these. Nineteen ninety one, right here. It's a fun figure, and then I have the Krang. This is missing an arm. Like these, I don't collect. Yeah, these are just like I have. But, but these are from when you were a, a little dude, right? Yeah, these are all mine. What year were you born? Eighty seven. Okay, so you're like, what is it? Four. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Your dad brought these home or you went to the toy store and you saw them? Uh, probably my dad brought them home. Yeah. Yeah. Was he into the cartoon? Uh, I don't know if he was into it. I mean, Would it you was two definitely watch it? on. Yeah, it was definitely on. That's fun. I He was into Star Trek. We watched Star Trek, but that would have been his thing. Right. Uh, and that's kind of the one thing I remember. And then just like... Stuff I'm still into that he like I, he showed me RoboCop for the first time, nice. but he died. I was seven years old, so yeah. I saw RoboCop pretty early. Yeah, um, RoboCop was a hard movie to find. It it like was limited release at yeah. least in South Florida. Yeah, and then it was one of those things where like if you can find it on VHS, good luck. Well, RoboCop came out '87, I think, so came Did out it? near I was born. But he had. He he. I mean, you know, actually, now that I think about it, he was a nerd in terms of like he did a lot of the. Like, um, model airplanes and yeah. the ones that you used the rocket that you used to like send off in cool. the field. he did all that shit so i do that stuff with him yeah but he had a that was in the garage and he had like a tv in the garage and i would go into the garage sometimes and there would always be like robocop was on or mtv was on stuff like that how old was he when he passed 39 39 sounds like a hip dude yeah i mean you know i'm 36 now i still have fucking crank on my desk yeah. so you know i ha you have to imagine i think some of that stuff just still just keeps going just doesn't like get phased out right yeah. away if you think if he was still alive do you think he would have sold it by now do you think he would have sold his turtle stuff uh i don't would it be I a conversation because it, it, it wouldn't be as do you think it would be as relevant to your life if he was still alive that's a good question a good question yeah um i don't know because i don't know if it would have appreciated up in value enough that it becomes even worth it for him now you're saying now it may be right maybe i mean you could make a a good buck off that issue one yeah but um before then i don't know if he would have sold it maybe yeah i always think about stuff like when there's something that it's like yeah it's very it, it goes for a lot of, it fetches a lot of money and it would be nice to have like that like grip of cash from it right but, like it's only going to go to like it's more interesting to have the thing than the money from the thing unless it's like you know like a yeah original rothko painting you know what i mean but like even then i wouldn't want to part with that well i so i used to collect marvel legends like uh -huh. the toy biz marvel legends uh, -huh. uh and then i sold all of them when i was in college to help pay for my thesis film but you have a film out of that you have art out of that totally yeah but i probably only got like 
it was between it was like under a thousand dollars but um to pay for like all my like film processing costs needed to do something you did your student film on film on 16 yeah bravo so did i um so selling all my toys was a big part of it sure but now like fuck i miss those toys you miss the toys <laughs> i haven't watched my thesis film in years but i miss I those know. toys i miss those toys. How, are they fetching a lot of money right now yeah are they oh yeah the the toy biz ones and i mean all of mine were not on the card or anything yeah but um yeah that i think that has come back around people are, are into this and there was some sort of anniversary i saw that like uh who has it now hasbro has, has the legend yes yes uh they are like releasing like what was the initial like series one smart of those the first series was like captain america iron man toad and uh and the hulk classic like, and they they like re-release them with the kind of the same box art that's cool yeah i'll keep an eye out for those i'm not i i, I i'm so hesitant to even like start with any of like the hasbro toys and stuff i'm like you know a past guest has kind of gotten me into class gi joe classified mm. i'm not fully in but i can keep, see myself being pulled in are you just buying characters that you like um well no well yeah just the ones for now i think yeah but i don't know if i'm full full in yeah that's hard it's really hard i just got i finally got uh a mafex figure i'll probably get the if they're gonna make those eastman turtles ones i'll keep an eye out for those if they oh, do yeah. the eastman style ones are those gonna be coming through neca uh yeah i just want to go over two more things here. oh great yeah yeah um i didn't know there was more wait a second there's a whole how many other there's how many... two other binders so oh, if, you want, if you want yeah yeah okay. oh yeah totally i think we should also if you want to talk about like this and like, i absolutely okay. want to let's talk about that right now because that is so that. cool okay. so your dad had the subscription and when what that did that start with this the, folder here, yeah, okay yeah. so i guess let's go through the folder and then okay. we can talk about it so so uh there's another piece like the mirage thing this one's kind of was crushed to begin with it's like a mirage mini comics so and it came with the subscription so you, this I don't think was a subscription. I don't know how he must have been. Per, someone must have kind of tuned him into this because uh -huh. this is outside of Turtles. This is specifically like Mirage doing stuff. Okay, there's Turtle mini comics in here, but that's one out of like I think the you know maybe dozen comics that are in here. Can I see it? Yeah. Is, is this hard to come by? We could also bust this open because it's it's pretty is, fucked. Is this hard to come by? I don't know. Um, I can't imagine the shape kept up mm -hmm. no matter what because mm -hmm. of the way it's boxed. Oh, I see what's going on. Okay, so your dad eventually said, I'm going to do a mail order of subscription to uh, to two Turtles to Mirage Studios. Yeah. Where they're mailed to me every month. Correct. Every month or whenever. Yeah, I'm sure it was after they were actually went out to stores. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so this mm -hmm. is like a bunch of Mirage mini comics. Um, what is it? Like almost a dozen mm -hmm. comics in there. And there are... Um, Turtle comics in here. Oh, are they little tiny floppy? They're tiny, yeah. Oh, that's cool. They're cool. It's a, it's a cool little thing. Oh, wow. This has like a real handmade feel. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Are these in any order? No. That's uh, Kevin that's... Eastman and Eric Talbot. Fantastic. That's fantastic. Wow. That's Gizmo's uh, Michael Dooney. This is great. It's so funny how I keep gravitating towards mm -hmm. Dooney. So good. That's like straight out of Hidden Metal, right? Some of yeah, that's fine. It's just weirder side. Robot and like the babe. Yeah. Wow. What a cool artifact. This looks like Bodhi. This is the sun? Thanks. Uh, no, that's Mark Martin. He does like some some of the more like uh, sillier. I love, this. I love this style though. Yeah, that's fun. 
That's Bodhi. Yeah, here we are. Boom. Great lettering. This is yeah. Bodhi's son? Or yeah, is Mark. This... Wow, that's so good. That's so cool. Was he trying to like, I mean, it's an unfortunate name, but um, was yeah. he trying to get his own franchise going? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, the name is not great. <laughs> oh, look, Casey Jones, Private Eye. Boom. Is this a standalone Casey story? Yeah, yeah, that's Kevin Eastman, uh, Peter Laird. That's like what a lot of like Casey Jones uh, stories are kind of like. It's like him cosplaying as like a private detective uh -huh. or like a, you know. It's kind of a hunk. Yeah, but they, they make him out to be a real dummy. It's pretty funny. Yeah. These are really cool. Nice. Um, okay, so then Turtles relaunches. They start at number one all over again, and this is when your dad jumps on to mail subscription. Right. Cool. Um, so Turtles goes into full color. Does anyone care about this run? I don't think so. Right. So what happens is that run also does not sell very well. It doesn't, huh? And then they license the characters to um, image. I just fucked that up recently. Oh, yeah. What did you do? What happened? Tape? The tape. I went to like pull it back out and the tape grabbed it. Yep. Um, so I'm just going to buy a new one. Yeah. They're like, they go for nothing. 93. Yeah. No one cared about what no one Is this after the Vanilla Ice um, Turtles movie? Yeah. The third movie had come out already. The, like yeah. Turtles are. Oh, yeah. Turtles in Time was the third one, right? In the letters column, people are calling out like uh, Power Rangers as being like the next big thing. Uh -huh. So like we, right. the world has moved on. Yes. But lo and behold, it's going to lay dormant, but it's going to have a renaissance after renaissance after renaissance. Yeah, for sure. It definitely comes back. So these are, that's Baxter Shockman. Baxter Shockman comes back as puts his brain like a robot body. Terrible. Yeah, it's, it's a kind of weird story. Uh, is the writing good at this point? Are they really trying and going for something? Uh, I don't know. It's like, this is pretty unremarkable. Yeah. I actually just recently reread these like this week. Yeah. And I already, I think I'd be hard pressed to They're tell you what happens huh? here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's been a layer do all the cover art. Uh-huh. Um, That's pretty. Yeah. There's a lot of like this kind of like digital mm -hmm. shit that like kind of. To it, compete it, with image, I imagine. Yeah. But it ages it a little bit it too. Yeah, um, all the coloring is digital in this and it's like murky and like a lot of gradients and stuff it's, all over. It's everything. almost like antithetical to what the book is about. This is the last issue of uh, the volume two of the turtles, number 13. Um, and then Mirage stops publishing comics. So they fold or they Eastman Laird decides to just call it a date. They, yeah, I think they kind of just call it a date. The whole company doesn't fold because they do publish volume four. Um, I think it is more so on the licensing ad, that it exists. Uh -huh. Um, so my dad had had a subscription to Turtles. So what's odd is that this book is canceled in 95, October 95. My dad died in September of 94. So continue to get like another year or so of this comic. Um, but I tie weirdly, like, you know, just like a child mentality, the turtles ending and my dad dying weirdly around the same time because we stopped getting turtles things in. Turtles are not popular anymore. And like that also feels like end of an era type stuff just mentally. And, you know, we my mom i guess kept all of this stuff so uh you know i have like both the uh press release that that mirage is no longer published in comics but also uh you know a letter here with a refund for uh, i'm gonna get a picture back issues. i'm gonna get a picture yeah, of this for the, for the instagram for sure yeah so I think this is like part of the reason that I've always had this stuff uh -huh. that I tie the two things together. Yeah. May I see this? Yeah. 
Our records indicate that your current subscription to TMNT will end with issue 17. It is with regret that I inform you that Mirage Publishing is discontinuing its publication of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with issue 13. Therefore, we will not be able, excuse me, we will not be able to fulfill the issues remaining in your subscription. Enclosed with your TMNT number 13 is a refund check for those <laughs> issues you have paid for beyond 13. You will also find enclosed a press release explaining what the future plans are for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Wow. Yurix Peralta. Mirage Publishing. Wow, this is quite the letter. And this letter essentially says that, you know, it's going over to Image. Wow. And trying to get people excited. Like Eric Larson trying to get people excited about it. Wow. I wish the check was still in here, though. Right? <laughs> wow. Um. So, yeah. So, you know, when I, you know, got a little older and started kind of consolidating all this collection and everything, mm -hmm. all of this stuff was still part of it. So it is kind of hard to unlink all of this stuff. Yeah. Like, I still have all these, like, Mirage. Oh, yeah, these are cool. Mailers and stuff. Look at this. That's great. Where am I? Yeah. That's so cool. They were packed nice. These are nice. And yeah. Box nice. Um, Boy, getting comics in the mail. I've never done that. They used to, I, I, I used, yeah, I used to always think, like, I might want to do the subscription. You always see it in the back of the comics back in the day. Right. But I was always like, what if they're folded? They come damaged or whatever. Right. It looks like they weren't. It looks right. like they were coming in good condition. Yeah, I mean, they all held up. You know, um, what over almost thirty years later. Um, so that you know, I keep all of that stuff too, kind of as part of it because mm -hmm. I I do feel like it's not it, it is a turtles collection, but it also it's like a highly highly personal thing. Mm -hmm. So it all just feels like you know one and the same. Yeah. I mean, it is such an impressive trove. Like, what a what a major kind of uh, uh, artifact to have. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I like I don't keep up with the turtles or anything, but like I'm saying, it's it's a uh, it's a collection that can be seen to completion because mm -hmm. uh, there is an endpoint. So, I mean, I think I'm interested in in seeing it through. Mm -hmm. um, just to. That's my my brain. Yeah, it's like a little bit of an OCD thing. Are you collecting anything else right now? Um, I chip away at stuff. Like yeah. I chip away at the X Men figures. Mm -hmm. Uh, so some wrestling figures. Mm -hmm. Uh, nothing to the extent that I'm doing this, where like I'm looking for mm -hmm. um everything that I'm missing in terms of like one publisher's output. Mm -hmm. But uh, any new interests of yours? I'll do like some covers sometimes for books, mm -hmm. but nothing like that's too expensive or like a crazy. Um, mm -hmm. There's certain like Ian Fleming Bond covers that I'm really into that I wanted to like see through. Mm -hmm. uh, nothing like super, super crazy, super expensive or hard to find. Yeah. Some of the Japanese wrestling figures get a little pricey. Um, and then Abdullah, I don't think you can see it from here. There's an Abdullah the Butcher figure that I have. I think that's like. 500 600 bucks we can do that in another episode <laughs> what does your wife think about turtles uh i don't think she cares at all uh nighthawk which is a movie theater here uh did they played the first movie and i got her and my brother to come out with me had she ever seen it i don't know if she had ever seen it i don't <laughs> know if it registered at all i think she thought it was funny yeah uh and that was it my daughter was not into the first movie yeah, I could see that. I could see it's that. It's dark. dark. It's dark. It's dark. Yeah, you can't really see much. And then, like, you know, like, I personally think that the costumes are fantastic, right? But to an eight-year-old who isn't quite 
um, into the artistry. Right. She she can recognize it, but my point is like she isn't that impressed about it yet. Like I, I think it, the the context uh, kind of uh, is lost on her a little bit. It's also the difference I think in technology that was available at mm -hmm. the time. So you know she's very used to CG and, mm -hmm. and you know wild animation stuff. I think to then go multiple steps backwards. Mm -hmm. For you or for me, when we're seeing that, that was cutting edge. It was the pinnacle, right? Right. So um, I was like, oh man, you really got the turtles come alive. Yes. Now I don't know if you go back, just like it does probably look very rubbery. It looks very it rubbery. Looks very now. rubbery, yeah. Yeah, but I think that's just the uh, the illusion that breaks over time. Man, what a sight when that movie came out and you yeah. saw them. I that was so cool. It's fun. I think you know some of that still holds up. Mm -hmm. um, it is like. A pretty straight adaptation of at least the first few issues of the book, mm -hmm. which I think is impressive. Man, what an insane archive! Yeah, I'm not sure any of the rest of this is worth calling out. And then Casey Jones had his own comic. Of this course, is like a two-part Casey Jones Casey thing. Jones. This is a turtle soup anthology book. Uh huh. Uh, and oh, then... Eric Larson did some of these, huh? Oh, this yes. is the first for Image. Did Eric Larson draw the Image comic? Yeah, he did. I think this cover. May I? Yeah. Did he draw the interiors? No. Oh, he did this one too. His style lends itself to the turtles. Totally. So these are the ones that I'm now collecting. Cool. Yep. Very so cool. So Turtles did like a think, I want to say it's around 30 issue stint. What year was this? So this would be 90. Well, when did this end? Let's see. I'll tell you. Volume two ended in 95, and this picked up right after. So this is 95. So this is like images like on the downward spiral. Every every book is late. They need a hit. Right. Let's do turtles again. Right. Um, but this doesn't even sell very well. This only does around 30 issues, I would say. Uh -huh. And then it goes it goes back over to Mirage. Wow. And they cancel this book before the storyline is seen through. So <laughs> what happened was there was fan interest in the story. So the crazy shit happens in the volume three. This is the one that you've heard about where like uh, Donatello becomes a cyborg Raphael uh -huh. becomes the shredder yes and like loses half of his face yeah they kind of like brutalize the turtles in this one uh fans picked up on this and like did their own you know finished out the series they did there's they did. fan fiction of there's this? fan fiction oh, cool. of this and then um IDW recent not to you know uh, a couple of years ago re-released all of these in color these are all black and white and they brought on the original creators to see through the end of the story. I think they added like three new issues. Cool. And they called it like Turtle Urban Legends because they don't include it as part of the. It's not canon, right? It's not canon. Yeah. Once Peter Laird pick up, picked up volume four, he ignored all this. Yeah. And you haven't read Last Ronin yet? I haven't read Last Ronin yet. Yeah. Um, it wasn't I'm curious about it. Yeah, I'm curious. I wasn't like thinking to. His, right? Yeah. So Boom. Let me see it. Oh, body count. I have this one. Yeah. Oh, you got it signed. The Simon Bisley may have been the artist I was talking about earlier when I was getting him to sign something and he wasn't looking at me. Boom. Look at that. Great cover. So this started as a um, Mirage book. It was going to be a five-part Simon Bisley, Kevin Eastman series. Uh, when they gave up the licensing to Image, it then became, they like cut a backup story and mm -hmm. it turned into a four-part Image book. Is it any good? Um, I don't think I read. I have this one. It's, too. You know, it's dumb as fuck. It's so dumb. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's great. Yeah, right, I'll show that one. There's a poster of this. Yeah, have you ever looked into buying original pages? Um, 
I don't know. Savage. Yeah. I don't know if I would buy original pages. There's some, I have some of them. There's like, they Mirage put out like art prints and stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of the poster stuff is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, pages. Yeah, maybe. You ever I come think, across any? I haven't come across any. Really, I think what I would probably pull the trigger on if I if I came across it is some of that like AC Parley paint, like yes. cover paintings. Oh, yes. Uh, so, it's so striking uh, that that stuff I love, like all the paperback um, covers. Mm-hmm. If I saw any of those paintings, I, I don't know. Yeah, those are very striking. That is definitely the word. And it's um so this like you know, there's artists that are just world builders yeah. with their stuff. That AC AC Farley's is yeah. world builder. Yeah. Big time. This stuff I I I remember these you wanted, the Archie yeah. comics. I remember these. This is during the cartoon or after? During the cartoon. Yeah. This is like the one for kids. Like yes. Yeah. So I have all these. And these are cute. Yeah. Have you read these? No. Uh, James, can I? Can you yep. take us out because this is this is the thing. yeah. Well, I let really, me see if this one's that, a better cover. Uh, this is a better cover. Vividly remember this. Yeah, yeah, I vividly remember that. I like in some of like the um advertising art when the turtles are designed like this, so they're a bit more lifelike. Uh-huh. I think it's a very cool look yeah. for the characters. And this is that cover I was telling you about. Oh yeah, so, let me see. Yeah. yeah. So this is from the, they did an issue four, was it? Yeah, it's like a second printing of issue four, and it's a repainted cover, and that becomes the box art for the game. Yep. And by the way, it's a it's great art. Yeah. Is this but Eastman? I think that's Michael Dooney. Okay. And it is, what's interesting about that. Mike looks great here. Is all the Ninja Turtles have the red bandana uh-huh. on that. Michelangelo looks awesome. Um, But it would be the only, like licensed piece where they all have the red bandana. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Because even in the game, they have multicolored bandanas. So it's really just the box art. Right. Right. Has there been any adaptations where they're in the same bandana yet? No. It's still all the multicolored ones? Yeah, which I get. Yeah. I mean... You gotta sell the toys. Yeah, you gotta make your life somewhat easier for yourself. Um... The only other the notable things is it cards. Add cards, yeah. I'll show you. These I'm missing one hologram card. Hologram. I don't remember these ever coming out. Is there ninety one? Yeah, go for it. So the I don't know. Maybe they yeah, they pick up. Yeah, if they came in case like that, because oh, it's a right. it's a sticker, right? It looks like a sticker. It sure does look like a sticker. So what do you think? Is that a sticker? I, like I do wonder if my dad had got them in this case. Slab? This is like yeah. early slab? I mean, it's just like a it's a screw, which is hilarious. Hey, look, he was getting it from Wizard, Card, and Comics. So there the, was that cross-section. Doing it this way is hilarious because they all it's all cracked. On <laughs> Man. So this one's missing. I gotta. I, I should just complete this. Who are you missing? I can't tell. Uh, it looks like Leonardo is not here. Uh-huh. He's probably the hard one to get, right? Somebody's like, I have it. $500. Yeah, maybe once this goes out, <laughs> someone, if anyone wants to hit me up. Uh, and then this is the last one here. This is more of the um, Archie stuff. Uh huh. It gets, starts to get a little sparse here. It's not fully filled in. I don't know if I. I, I guess. So, this is what you were talking about when you said the Archie comics. I thought you were talking literally about Archie and Jughead. You were no, talking no, about no. the publishing company. I thought, yeah. like, oh, he's into Archie comics. That's cool. You were reading the Archie comic. Um, uh, release of Ninja Turtles as this was what you were reading. You weren't really reading the Mirage stuff when exactly. you first started. Right. You were reading this, this stuff. This is an adaptation of the cartoon. Right. Right. 
And how many seasons did the cartoon run for? Because I feel that like I, they got wacky too, didn't they? I think so. Yeah. That I don't know. The story that's interesting about this is there's two versions of this one. Uh, Archie puts out this one and then Tundra, so Kevin Eastman's company, puts out another one that's colored by uh, Richmond Lewis, who did um, uh, Batman Year One. Did wow. Batman Year oh, One. Oh, wow. Yeah. And this is Secret of the Ooze. That's the Vanilla Ice one, right? Yes. Okay. Is Vanilla Ice in the comic? He is. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Turtles Meet Archie. Well, just looking at these, like they don't have the same mojo as the as the Mirage stuff does. Right. And then I have cards. You have the movie cards. Yes. I don't know if, yeah, if you, how you watch this. If you watch this, I have the whole. Well, I'll put these on the Instagram. You okay. have the, a whole collection of set one from the first movie. First you have movie. all the cards. I have all the cards. Oh, bullshit! Good for cards. you. Good for you. Did you buy this as a set, or were you doing wax packs and you put it all together? This is my dad. Amazing. Then look at these two champs. That's a great card. <laughs> and that's with the first. Um, so that's the paperback. It's that one. Wait. Which, oh, that trip. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I randomly was in a convenience store in North Miami, and it was on a rack, and I'm like, I'm definitely buying this tonight. Yeah. Uh, so this is the first set of all the cartoon cards. But you're also cool. They're surprisingly like printed well. Like there's they're pretty yeah. detailed, especially like what are they just straight from the cell? I they imagine. have to be, yeah. yeah. Um then a full sticker set. I like the stickers. Yeah. I can get down with these. I love the when they make this is the cartoon, like the turtle skin yeah. uh of the in the logo. Yeah. These are rad. And then these are a mirage set. Wow, when did these come out? So it would have been the same time. These are awesome. 89. These are so cool. So these are either, these are covers basically from either Ninja Turtles or Tales from the uh, Tales of the TMNT or just like other kind of random art. Like that's a Richard Corbin cover from a reprinted uh -huh. issue. This looks like it's it's like a mural on, this, on an NMIC subway. Mm. Um, uh, I'm not going to be able to show these because they're bound in a notebook. Yeah. We need to take a picture of it. But it's sure. basically, it's just... um scaled covers, covers into card form yeah and but they're it's actually very nice that when you line them all up and, and you look at them it looks great collection. yeah yeah it looks really good and then that's it uh that's it really that's I, it it was four notebook binders full of gems five you got five, five. excuse me you got five and uh that's it i had these two but it's not even worth going through these yes. are about later uh-huh this is like kevin eastman's art biography and he signed it for me cool Oh, yeah. Is that a drawing he did of it, too? Yeah. Can you show that? Yeah. Wow. So this is Kevin Eastman's like book about the history of Ninja Turtles from his perspective. And I have that signed. That's really nice. Thing. Is this worth a read? Um. Yeah, it's Did cool. it cover some of the stuff that we talked about? The design aspect of it is a little crazy. Yeah. Um, but it has like all the initial sketches and everything. Yeah. Like these are what I was talking. Wow. Shit like this. Yeah. This is really groovy. Really nice stuff. Yeah. So that's, um, I think, Peter Laird's like initial turtle sketch. And mm -hmm. this is, uh, or this is, um, mm -hmm. Very cool. And then it just kind of goes over the first few issues. I feel like it's pretty comprehensive in the back of these trades. They kind of have like these little kind of um, essays. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they have like, I think the Mirage guys were very diligent about keeping all their originals too. So they have like all the original work. And then, to that extent, um, I have the artisan edition. 
And is this this is an IDW release? This is IDW release. This pretty, is probably out of print by now, right? No, no, this is pretty recent actually. Okay. Um, the hardcover is even. Yeah. Uh, when did this come out? Two thousand seventeen. Uh huh. Uh, and this is wow. It's thumbnails, and then it's inks. Is it the whole issue? It's, it's just the first issue three yeah. times, and then it's the uh, duo tone. Very cool. So just three iterations of the same book. There's something sketches. There's something so magical about when you're flipping through. It's all such handmade. Yeah. Like you, it's like it's it has such like a tactility to it. Sure. That's even a word. Like it, you, like you feel the touch of of a, of a human when you're looking through those in ways that like um, some comics. Obviously, you know, not obvious, but you know, an artist draws them. They 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 have uh, there's a human interface involved. But some of these artists. Their line is just, it feels so mechanical and perfect. When you look at like the imperfections of the early totally. Charlie stuff, it has such a magic quality to it. Totally. It's alive, you know? Absolutely. And I think, you know, like I was at least seeing on the covers or, you know, anytime I would see anything from the inside and when I was drawing when I was younger, um, that was encouraging, I think, too, because mm-hmm. you could see the stroke behind it. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, I think that's like a big thing i think for anyone who like gets into, into drawing or comic books or anything is, is like oh i can actually see where the um outline is here mm-hmm. do you draw turtles not even, i don't draw anymore i used to draw uh i used to draw very a sketch i've seen here and there though yeah. do you ever sit and doodle turtles i don't think i've doodled no turtle all the time. <laughs> jared this was so cool i'm so glad we were able to finally do this yes, i've been hounding you. you for a while with this stuff so thank you for finally giving me the time I wanted to do like a full kind of brain refresh and all this stuff. So I needed a couple months to to take all of it back in. Well, bravo. And um, yeah, what an archive, what a collection, like what a great kind of thing to have to kind of keep you connected to your, your dad and to kind of um, keep the his process going, the way totally. that you're going, the way that you're doing it, like piecing together the collection and completing it. It's, it, um, it is a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um... I do get like a lot of enjoyment out of it. Um, I think I think about it less so in terms of like a continuation, but more so of like here is something that was started mm-hmm. by somebody and uh, would love to see it through now to some random mental marker that I made as an endpoint. So it's yeah, it's fun. It's it's like a fun collection to chip away at, and you know you know don't have to take it too seriously. It's just like fun to check in every so often. It's very cool. Yeah, it's a wonderful sentiment too. Yeah.